The one thing we changed is the last time you're on is Brett and I will be handing back and forth this Pikachu amiibo. Okay. This is just so just, that we, just for fun. Okay, yeah. <laughs> There's actually no reason for it. We just like it. Um, it's like it's like the duck thing, but it started earlier. Is it like a fidget thing? Like you like let it like that kinetically? You like it? Yeah, and then we can make obtuse references to give me the Pikachu. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> nope. All right. You know, everything's fine over here. Okay, so we're all we're all good. Yeah, we're all good. That, that is pretty low. Sounds pretty low. Crank man. it up, man. How how high is the volume on the iPad? I don't know. Uh. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right. Hey, welcome to the Now You're Playing with Podcast, the podcast for me and Weston. Oh, hey, it's me, Weston. <laughs> Do a little comedy, boys. Go through the Nintendo Power magazines one volume at a time. We are currently on, uh, oh shit. It's volume, volume 44. 44. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, that was nice. Uh, it's January 1993, uh, and we're, that's where we're at, and we're joined, joined once again. Yeah, we have, by George guests. is back. He's back. Welcome back, George. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me back. Hey. Thank you for driving here directly after coming from the airport yeah. across town. It. I, I was going to be like, oh, it's nothing. Uh, <laughs> but I'm allowed to be like, ah, driving the airport sucks. Yeah. LAX is about as far as you can get from here and still you're still in Los Angeles. Like it's it's a trek. It's a, it, the inner loop of it really sucks. Right. That's that's the stressful part. Yeah, I would say so. But even like like today wasn't bad by any stretch. And I uh, I also was uh, late here and I was late because I had to stop to get gas too. a lot of things not in my favor of making yeah. it here on time. Yeah. So I'm sorry sort of a bad uh, intro to my reputation, I guess, to start a podcast. <laughs> I, I feel like I've alienated a lot of people. I don't respect the hosts. Really. Um, well, you know, like LAX is farther away than it seems, you know, because it always seems like it's on the edge of the horizon, like in a desert where you, you think you see an oasis, but it's really just more more the 105. Well, it's. Yeah. I think like even when they open up the train to go there. Oh, that'll never happen. I think it'll happen. I just think it won't do any good. I, it's yeah. like, like we're still traversing such a distance. Like the train moves about as fast as a car does. Um, I think the benefit of the train for you is then you don't have to drop your sister off. That's true. Yeah, well, she uh, can get herself to the airport. Well, in theory, she could have done that also. Like she's an adult. She could have got taken an Uber. Well, it's hey, nice of you to drive her. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. Are they, are they, how close are they to being under that train? Oh, that'll never. You, you don't think? I don't even believe. I've been in LA off and on since the first part of 2008. So that's like right at 15 years now. And it's always something. Yeah. You know, it's like soon you're going to be able to take a trampoline to the airport. It's like, I, okay, great. I can't wait until it opens. Yeah, I would. I would have assumed you were pro train. <laughs> I'm. I'm extremely pro train. I'm just in a really cynical mood about trains Got in it. California, and I mean the United States in general. Like, yeah, I was just thinking, like how L.A. Like people say, like it's a city that can get to you, and I like it. Just it's getting to your like opinion on trains. It's <laughs> it's, it's more uh, down on that. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I was gonna say in the United States there are only like 15 metropolitan areas that have like train systems. Yeah. And huh. two different ones are 
Long Island and uh, the New York MTA. Like there are no train huh. systems in. Is that a lot lower than like what other countries are? Or? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, depending on where, Normally, what continent you're on. Most other cities like have a good train. Yeah. Set up. Every European city basically has a, a solid like major train thing. And given the huh. size of the U S like 15 cities is nothing. Yeah. Well, it, the, the that, only thing there is it's when you look at this, to be fair, if you look at the square mileage of the U S it's so much bigger than like Europe yeah. that the infrastructure you're talking about putting in is in order of magnitude bigger, but that's not like at the city scale. So it's still, there's still no, yeah, I mean, we, don't need, we don't need small town train systems, but I, you know what? That'd though? be pretty cool though. So I would small love, towns could use some help. I would love like cross country rail. Uh, if, if Amtrak were like not more effective, it just Amtrak's pretty good. And then like, I like Amtrak. I think like if they made, I think they do this. Like the first cast first first class cabins like really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And then they also made them like much faster and like you could get a ticket that wasn't at six AM. I think like riding a train would become like really chic. Cause they already have the ones where it's like you just look at the California coast and it's gorgeous. Yeah, that, yeah. that ride from LA down to San Diego, amazing. Have you it's ever like done two, like a three up train oh, ride like that? Oh yeah, many times. Yeah. Like I, that that trek, I started trying to, you know. I think from LA to San Diego, it's normal to do that for Comic-Con. So you ride the train. It's like, all right, who, what famous people are on the train? What kind of credit card are they paying with? I don't do that anymore, but I used to. Uh, And then, (laughs) but then I started, I was like, you know what? This is pretty nice. And I started trying to find ways to fit it into my work travel. So I'd be like, I'll do San Diego to Vegas by train, or I'll do uh, San Diego up to LA, which actually, to your point, you know, what's worse than that 6 a.m. ticket is the one that's supposed to leave at three and gets delayed two hours. Oh yeah. 3 PM. Yeah. Like, like the afternoon train and it shows up eventually. Oh yeah. And then it's like, it is a bummer. Cause you know, in your heart, that is a two hour drive, like sometimes max. And then oh, and you're, you're waiting that entire duration. You're for, waiting that yeah. entire duration. And then the train ride itself is like five hours or something. Yeah. That's the, and part of that, it's like that, that's a local train. The one that goes down South through, uh, all the ocean coast cities. Yeah. And so it's like, stop, 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 stop. Here's what they need. They, because like things are being like shipped by train, by rail constantly. I think, uh, it should be like Airbnb, but it's a train. The train is moving. Yeah. They should have like boxcar space and you should be like, You'd be like, oh, this is a vacant boxcar. I could hop in at the convenient hour hey, I need. There's a bale of hay with your name on it. Right. In the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty nice. Is an open top thing with like the pile of rocks. They're shipping some rocks and you can like stay in the rocks. All right, when you say shipping rocks, do you mean coal? I feel like that's what. Well, coal, coal also is something I'm thinking specifically of gravel for some reason. Like a train car that carries a bunch of gravel for, you know, I don't know, roads. I guess in my mind, like the, our, our wells of gravel were all local. I feel like, <laughs> like that's not something uh, we grew, needed shipped. Yeah. You just didn't really like that's privilege. You grew up in a gravel rich, you know, area. This is yeah. true. Yeah. I, the, the gravel mines of Cincinnati, Ohio were, <laughs> were certainly a luxury. I'm done with trains. <laughs> and talk about what, what's it called when you sneak onto trains and ride them? Like hitchhiking, it's not hitchhiking, right? No, um, but uh, the, I can't believe we're all drawing a blank on this. 
I mean, we're also not like 70 and I feel like this is a bigger thing. Uh, sure. Yeah. We weren't ago. boxcar children. Like <laughs> definitely read some um, boxcar children books. I actually <laughs> saw my first hitchhiker in real life, like over the holiday break, I was on a, a vacation huh. to uh, Mexico with my family and saw a real life hitchhiker. Whoa. Like thumb out and everything, just a you, guy. You've never seen a hitchhiker before. I know the notion. Like I've seen it portrayed in media, and yeah. so that's how I'm like cultured enough in in hitchhiker lore. But I, uh, yeah, it was like a crazy thing to see in real life, and I'm like, good luck, guy. Would you ever consider picking a hitchhiker up? It, it, are they hot? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. This is not something I would have guessed. Is like George is really like. Hey, what's in it for me? <laughs> well, hitchhiking is a thing where it doesn't feel like I'm paying it forward. Whereas actually, okay. In cycling back to how I was late today, I was at the gas station and, um, I'm finishing pumping gas and I know I'm running late. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, Hey, uh, I'm been living out of my car. Um, is there any way you can spare some gas? And I was like, did he have like the container? Like just nope, shoot some that's gas. The thing. He didn't have a container. I was like, do you have a container? Cause I like, I haven't rehooked the thing yet. I can spray some gas in you, in you, in your container. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I'm sorry. I've been in the car. Um, <laughs> no, this is a great segue. Mine's on gas. Um, but like he, uh, I, I ended up being, he's like, no, I can pull my car. But it's like, I don't have Wait, the time no, for oh, you to do man. that. Cause I have to move my car up. I yeah. don't want to just like let the hose dangle. That feels like a fire hazard. Cause if I rehook it, then I have to like pay again. Yeah. Um, oh. and so I just like gave him cash all this to say, George isn't really in what's in it for me guy. Character witness here. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, uh, speaking of, of spraying things, uh, we're here see, that's your segue. That's really good. I mean, it's, we're here at the. Uh, I feel like we do all these segues where we like, yeah, we're like, oh, I was clever, but like people can't see this magazine, so no one understands our set. Like, I feel like I, I'm like, oh, here's a cool. They don't know. Is like, the hope not? Um, I don't know if you guys do this in the description after you post <laughs> it. Like, you you post the link to it, and then maybe people are following along, and because wouldn't yeah. that be the hope that they are looking that, at? That, it? Yeah, yeah, I so guess that so would so be a good actually, I doubt it. I, I, my my more thought process has been just get us off topic as much as possible. That way we're not, like using this magazine as like a launch pad for conversations. Right. That makes sense. That's so, true. This isn't it, as much as again, last time I was on where it was strictly video game <laughs> history education of things I don't know or understand. <laughs> and man's playing George into the ground and, and, and he hasn't been back in a year. And this time we're just talking trains. Right. Yeah. So, well, I, because I, I need to steer it to things I know about, because otherwise I'll be silent and I'll ask dumb questions. No, but I like that better. I like, I like, yeah, I feel like that is makes it so people don't have to be reading that because I, I doubt anyone has done that. All right. Speaking of the magazine, <laughs> we're here at the cover. And the reason that was a clever segue is <laughs> the cover is the magical quest starring Mickey Mouse and Mickey is dressed as a firefighter. And this is the first time I think we've had like a front and back cover spread yeah so the cover actually extends back around to the back of the magazine um although now i'm confused by it actually i think it, it it's a fold-out thing because the seam is on the right yeah uh, as opposed to the left so it's not the back of the cover it's like a fold-out extended cover and mickey is just uh fire hosing uh pete yeah it's not it's is. not bluto bluto is a pie pie villain um I think it's P for Pete because he, he and he's dressed as some kind of uh, war wizard or warlord because he's got the horned helmet. 
and he is just uh he's getting slammed yeah. by liquid. I feel like is it weird that the water is so white? Well, you know, water is is that like you, right? I guess I'd like it's sort of inundated with like air bubbles. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the pressure from the the fire hose. It, yeah, okay. It is interesting that it's like the the thing they're advertising is the magical quest starring Mickey Mouse, but it is there's nothing particularly magic about it. <laughs> yeah, like, he's just a fireman. Right. Well, I mean he's a mouse who has he's wearing clothes, but like yeah, I guess. Okay, so beyond the willing suspension of disbelief, yes, the notion of Mickey Mouse is crazy. <laughs> what a little freak that guy is. I mean, he's just, yeah, you know, like, the, in the actual feature, they reveal that, so the conceit that, in the game is Mickey can turn uh, change into outfits that give him new powers. And there's one, literally the first one he gets is a magic one where he has a turban and he can, like, shoot magic blasts at people i agree that is weird to like go through the list of like okay this game's called the magical quest we got to represent it what we we have literally a magic costume and therefore like you know let's go for the firefighter magical quest starring mickey mouse it's a it's a picture of him in the accountant's office and he's got like just a a stack of files because he's he's doing an audit y'all check out this um the the world's coolest and grungiest teenagers bedroom this uh this super search advertisement it's not an advert they're not advertising anything it's just some kind of like january it's the back of the mickey mouse cover yeah so it folds out and it's this actual photograph of a teenager room with a bunch of like kind of find the reference to this game in the room and I mean, one of them is pretty straightforward because this teenager just has a bin of toxic sludge <laughs> over in the corner next to his Mac Classic. Uh, so yeah. that's that's probably a reference to something. I didn't look at the list, but um, this is of an era. It's yeah. uh, it has this sort of uh, at least the the digital copy of the issue that I'm looking at. It has this like uh, veneer, this cloudy veneer over it, which I think is intended to make it look like even messier, but <laughs> it's, it's this sort of gross Brown that it doesn't catch my eye. So I look <laughs> at it and it's like, and that's just Brown baby. Like that is just the, a color I don't notice. <laughs> yeah. They like fogged up the room. And if you look outside, the light coming in from the window is like hell orange. It's like close encounters of the third kind. Like there's an alien spacecraft outside. Uh, if this mm. like image got on Twitter, I'm sure there's like tweets of it being like dick from a guy whose room looks like this. <laughs> greater than, greater than. <laughs> so I want to know if the, uh, art of Nintendo power guy is the guy that like collects the original artwork that they use in the magazine and stuff. And he's got quite an impressive collection at this point. Like when they do little clay figurines, he'll have some of the actual figurines. Does he have this room or at least like this? single ski propped up against the wall in the room this looks like a dorm room too that's like a cinder block wall yeah it also could be a prison i guess but a prison <laughs> where you're granted a lot of amenities yeah like, like a, a scandinavian yeah. prison if I, if i had like if i were a parent uh in the 90s and i saw like because this this does romanticize messy room culture yeah and yeah. i'd be like i don't want my son to think this is good <laughs> like the worst thing your son could do is have a messy room right so, um, it pissed me off i just realized the flannel pattern that's like the sheets i thought it was like just an enormous flannel shirt 
you know, from the grunge era. Yeah, it's weird too, because like a messy room's never like it's normally gr- like this is messy, but everything's kind of like it's, it's messy with like cool stuff, right? It's just like guitars laying around. And, yeah, like, this is like messy according to an agency, yeah, like, commercial agency, like, <laughs> just clothes everywhere, right? Yeah, it's really staged. the The amount of wall space he was able to fill. That's like, what I always actually think about. Is like, say you're like filming something and you're like dressing up a scene and you're trying to make it look messy. That's always like the weirdest like oxymoron thing to try to do. Oh, right. Yeah. It's like, how do you like, how do you implement, how do you make fake, like faux fake messy? It's weird. I mean, this is one way to do it. And then yeah, to fog up the room. So it's got this heavy <laughs> uh, mist over it. Let's say I just can't believe, I mean, this kid's got a bowling pin. There is a tennis racket or some other kind of like a badminton racket. I see some weights. I see a guitar. I see a baseball bat. Like it is so funny to have a bowling pin, like one bowling pin, because I'm like, <laughs> even every like devout bowler or like bowling hobbyist doesn't have their own pins, <laughs> let alone just one. <laughs> they would have the ball, right? You would have they the have ball. balls and probably a bowling shoes as well. Yeah. Yes. They should invent a bowling alley that is BYOP <laughs> and it's a little cheaper. <laughs> Mailbox. It's like an ice house. There's no walls. It's like an outdoor <laughs> bowling alley. You have to go and like reset the pins up every time. I do Wouldn't actually think also, this is my other bowling pitch, um, <laughs> that bowling, they should do outdoor bowling and it should be a little longer. <laughs> like you should get two strokes. Uh, and I think like there should be an added element of the elements <laughs> like like you're on a, a hill it's like a downhill hill, or like if it's raining yeah that'd be fun in the in the snow yeah i don't know what that would be like like tennis rules where they have like grass pitches and like uh clay and and this and see how it's getting us all thinking this is why it's a really <laughs> yeah, i on, think i would at least watch a couple rounds of that or i really play it i admire your hustle george <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're here. Players Pulse. It's the mailbox. Oh, yeah. The the main thing I wanted to call out, there's only a couple of letters here because they're posting a lot of people's art, like the envelope art and stuff. Yeah. But um, this mom wrote in to thank Nintendo for making Mario Paint because it seems like it's actually creative. Um, and she says something that we've seen a lot in the letters in the magazine that I just feel is very strange. Uh, she says Mario Paint is creative and imaginative. It has great color and sound. Uh, hmm. And th- th- there's just like this way that they used to talk about video games that you see in the letters that we've been reading. It, it just feels bizarre. And it's almost like they don't understand that all video games have colors and sound. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's. It's it's as if she's describing the first video game she's ever seen. Yeah, it's like the train yeah. came right at me and I thought it was going to hit me and then it did. Yeah, it's a little like, yes, we know that happens in everything now. Um, in the letter next to it, I, I am really hung up on how the person is from Slave Lake. Oh, my God. I didn't catch oh. it. I thought it was Silver Lake. It does. It does. Look, we're we're too east side L.A. pilled. Um, yeah, that's true. But I was like, change the name of your town. Yeah, that's pretty intense. Because they mention it in they mention it not only in the letter and then also signed Blair Gullion, Slave Lake. A <laughs> B is uh is that Alberta? I thought Alberta. Well, Canada, get your act together. Do you think it's still I mean this was a long time ago. Do we think it's still called Slave Lake? 
Slave Lake. Slave Lake, Canada. Uh, it is still very much called Slave Lake. <laughs> yeah, because it's an actual lake. Mm. Yeah, and then there's Great Slave Lake. <laughs> I guess Great Slave Lake is the lake. Oh, no, 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 no. This is confusing. So there's Great Slave Lake, and then there is Lesser Slave Lake. God, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Uh, you also note here there's a there's a l- adorable picture of a kitty cat reading Nintendo Power. Yeah. More importantly, though, wait, what are you gonna say? I was gonna say I was just thinking in general, like, yeah, like uh, I don't know, a mom like liking that it's her kids being creative. It's it's probably very surreal to see your kid be creative and like it's a pretty easy like thumbs up from a parent because I'm sure that's like oh oh shit yeah I just spent two hundred dollars equi- you know our our money equivalent on. A Nintendo tape that comes with a, a computer mouse, and it's great to watch my kids like not screaming and hitting each other in a video game, but actually like making a picture of uh, what was some of the messed up stuff we did in Mario Paint. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't know. Uh, they didn't know what the kids were making. Yeah, uh, hor- working out some horrifying things about like what it is to have a human body. That is pretty funny. I bet if the mom like watched the kid what he was actually making, and it's probably like some guy stabbing someone, and she, I would love to see her her. Change your tune a little bit. Yeah, that'll, like, oh, shit. that'll show her. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do you, I feel like most kids, when they're being creative, it's usually something like slightly fucked up, right? It's like, it's them like coping with that too, right? It's like them, right? I, I wonder if it's, it's just like, it's so innate to us as, in, as humans that we like succumb to carnal desire in that way of like, yeah, like you're, you're drawn to violence or you're drawn to... Uh, the fa- like all of this is so innate to us, and that's why they draw it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the they're that's kind like- of what we got to. So this is, uh, I think, the second time Mario Paint's been featured, and we definitely talked about all the messed up stuff we did in Mario Paint when we were little. Our equivalent programs. Yeah, and I think that yeah, it's it's a you know because we have our lizard brain, you know, like our stupid brain that makes us good at comedy, but also was designed to keep us alive. And now we just use it to do improv shows, which is kind of messed up. But, and then we have like the higher, like critical thought, but we just use that to like, think about uh, surviving and like killing our enemies and procreating (laughs) and like, you know, getting mangoes. So we make art about getting mangoes. Does that make sense? Did I just, did I say something very obvious or did I say something that doesn't connect at all? Uh, I'm not connecting it, but I I'm, I didn't want to be like I, I was like maybe that's just a me thing that I'm not getting no, it. I'm not connecting either. Okay. All right. Well, it made sense to me. I think I, there's a population I, that that made a lot of sense. Yeah, to. there's someone we got. We got someone. We got one person extra. Like they really connected. Right. And I here's the thing. And don't take this as an insult. I don't want you to explain it again. I don't want you to explain it again to retry explain what that meant. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad gonna, you said I'm, that because I didn't want yeah. to. I'm, I'm connecting with George right now. <laughs> uh, other important thing in the mailbox, aside from the kid who won the pinball table. Speaking of George being gone, George is gone. But the magazine George in the past, they, oh. the artist drove him away. Brett. Oh, it's, did George and Rob are they are they gone? They're gone. Oh, I, I didn't even notice. George quit. He went to THQ to work with Howard Phillips. <laughs> okay, honestly, good. Maybe that's what all that drama was. George Sinfield. Yeah, I yeah. think I think it was the artist's rendition. So in, in past issues, they've had these Siskel and Ebert guys commenting on games as they came out. And the guy on the left, like, 
his illustrations varied from like 22 year old frat bro to like 47 year old overweight man. Like it was pretty bad. It just fluctuated like crazy. It was really funny. Is this different than the guy who would like, there'd be a little boy with the receding hairline. <laughs> it's similar ish. It's like, uh, it's not like Is a that comic Nestor? book. Nestor. Yeah. Nestor and Howard. It's the little boy with who needs Propecia. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have like their own comic book session, but they always like got their like illustrated portraits and it would just massively vary. And like, just extremely handsome to just a grotesque other guy always just looked like skin stretched across the skull like he always just looked bad but in the same way was he a professional artist because or was he just like a guy well that's what we were trying to we figure out because yeah, we're like just, what is going on with these two? Commission for this magazine what's his name i'm looking up george sinfeld george sinfeld <laughs> s-i-n-f-i-e-l-d it's in the is, oh, that's in the mailbox it? man i thought you're making that shit up no, but it is a weird name. It is a weird name. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you get George Costanza. Uh, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> I think so. no. you're doing Seinfeld. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're on the that Mickey Mouse game. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have like a lot. I, it's, I, I feel like Mickey Mouse works well in like that Mario, like putting... Mickey Mouse in different costumes. I'm like, it works. He, you know, he pulls it off. You can like, I mean, he doesn't have a personality, so the costumes give him one. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a weird analog between Mickey Mouse and Mario that I didn't really put together until now. But uh, yeah, I don't really have any thoughts on this. Weston, do you like have any thoughts on this game? Or- uh, this is a Capcom Disney game, and historically, those games have been pretty cool. So I fired it up, and I'd rather play one of the other ones. Yeah, George, do you have any Mickey Mouse opinions? About him as like in a, general, as like a yeah. guy? Yeah, I don't uh, know. Throw something in here. Did he, did, he show, <laughs> did, did he show up at your pop-up at some point? You got like a never meet your hero story? Right, yeah, because I've always sort of dreamed for him. I don't know. I don't really have any takes. I do know like he's in the public domain, right, as of this year or last oh, year. Oh, really? I did not know Oh, that. they'll never let that happen, will they? Well, so they usually just like tie everything up in arbitration or they like settle. So... But I do think a way to like make a quick buck is to very publicly use the form of Mickey Mouse uh, and just have them reach out due to some loophole where they don't have to like yield him. I don't know. That's the uh, they're doing that Winnie the Pooh horror film. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh's public domain. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh and Sherlock Holmes hit public domain a couple of weeks ago. So. Now's your chance. Now's, the, now's, the now's my chance to have Winnie the Pooh solve a mystery. <laughs> oh, honestly, <laughs> the Pooh, that's Holmes. more interesting Crossover. to me than any of the schlocky takes people have done so far with those properties. Have them team up. I want that. I think like because we are in a world where all of our media is like it's IP based and it's IP off of IP. Yeah, I do think there should be like a mass a, a mass blending of those. Like it doesn't matter. We like of the public domain ones. Not even the like. I think everything. I think we should have Transformer Avengers. Like, it <laughs> all right. I don't give a shit about canon at this juncture. We're all going to be living under one monopoly. It's uh, Jane Eyre, but Winnie the Pooh is a wealthy landowner showing up at the uh, at the estate. You guys don't. All right. Well, no. I I think I got hung up because I say Jane Eyre. I, oh, okay. I, do, I, I pronounce it wrong. I do kind of agree. With, like, I do feel like if they just went. 
as deep in like the nightmare version of that, like it would be, it would kind of go off the other end where I'm like this, that would suddenly become really interesting to me and I'd want to watch it. Like if it was like this weird mash of every IP. It, uh, would, it would like kill I, a Victorian child, which <laughs> uh, Weston, I do want to give you credit. I, I would watch Winnie the Pooh as like. Oh, it is as, Jane Eyre. Okay. You got me. Um, I read more than I listen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What were you saying? I think I would, I, I, I was just saying I, I would watch, uh, like Winnie the Pooh, but it's a, a feudal state, like landowner situation. <laughs> is, a, is a samurai lord in the countryside, ruthless. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah, and the Transformers are uh, other samurai lords. I guess, like at this point, though, as the more we keep saying it, it it's it feels very that early two thousands era of YouTube where it was like. Batman and Barney are killing each other. Yeah. New grounds. Yeah. yeah it, it, new like, grounds slash robot chicken. Exactly. As I'm pitching, I'm like, yeah, this is feeling like new grounds bullshit. And I'm walking yeah. it back. I, I hope that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta be avoided that. Uh, man, they moved it up early. We're already here at the. Interfold. And behind all all the Mickey Mouse maps, uh, the Ren and Stimpy show is coming to the Game Boy. Pretty good cartoon. I don't think any of the video games were very good. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, is Ren and Stimpy an adult or kids show? I don't, I'm always confused. Isn't it? Yes. Like in the middle? They've done... Aren't there adult Ren and Stimpy specials? I don't know. It, it's incredible. That show is incredibly weird and gross. Like... I've I've never seen it. I've just always been confused. It's like this weird cartoon that existed before my brain developed. And so it's always like this kind of weird lingering. The the guy who created bubble. was like hard canceled, right? Yeah, oh, he's was a it? real dirtbag, apparently, unfortunately. Did he just create Red and Snippy or what does he have a larger uh what's his name? I think he had a lot uh, of like it's not important. Um, he's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, like like I think he really took that sort of classic like gross up style animation, like to a new degree. Okay. It's like, uh, yeah, the Ren and Stimpy style is very manic and kind of hyper. Is it on model or off model where the characters are, you know, like an on model character be like an anime or a CG character where they, they don't change shape that much. Ren and Stimpy, the characters like deform crazily. Yeah. Like uh, squash and stretch. Squash and stretch. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, and you know, like Ren, the Chihuahua will let uh, Bill, Billy West was the voice of both of them. So he's voice of Fry and Futurama and a million other things. Oh shit. Um, and he ice King. No, I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, Tom Kenny is ice. That's King. Tom Kenny. Right. But yeah. Like that, that guy's also SpongeBob, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. And uh, Mussolini in the new uh, Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio. What? Oh really? Yeah. Oh my God. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds incredible. Uh, I remember lots of like, panicked insane monologues where Rin is like about to lose his mind, like curled up in a corner and like the walls are splotchy different colors. And it just keeps pressing closer and closer into his face as his eyes bug out and he starts screaming. It's like that kind of cartoon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's about how I pictured it. Well, okay. Uh, Dragon's eye. I don't know how to say that. Uh, Shanghai. Shanghai. Is that, is that actually like a real game? Yeah, this is Mahjong. It's, it's, a, Mahjong. it's a Mahjong okay. game. Yeah, I feel like I need to learn how to play Mahjong. I feel like I see it so much that I feel like if I learned how to play it, it would really unlock a part of my brain where I would be able to like understand 1% more of my life. I, uh, I've i been thinking that lately. Like Mahjong's in. Like Mahjong bars are uh, opening. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, cool. Mahjong is chic. All right, man. And uh, it's the Lunar New Year. So it is. This week, today, yesterday. Um, Happy New Year. 
it's uh yeah i think it started pretty soon it's like today two days ago yeah. uh yeah well i work at, i also work at a chinese company so everyone plays mahjong they ever knows how to play i'm like ah, i got i gotta learn how to play oh uh, yeah you gotta get on the mahjong I, I gotta, I gotta jump on here's the thing i so Have, i've played more than a couple of mahjong games and i understand that you're matching to remove tiles from like a pile you know like a, a structured pile of tiles in different designs how does multiplayer mahjong work does anybody here know no, no, that's the mahjong I, I need to learn. I know there's like multiple win conditions, which I think is cool. like there's like oh. it's like one of those kind of games. All right, um, yeah, that sounds great. It's yeah, like, kind of like dominoes. I feel like if I played mahjong, I'd be down to smoke cigarettes. I feel like if I was like at a parlor, <laughs> I would be I'd be willing to jump on the train. Your cigarette threshold is so interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not peer pressure for you. <laughs> Yeah, it's more of a like what what am I doing? <laughs> it's not like I'm in a dive bar or I'm like in an illegal gambling. Well, maybe it is an illegal gambling thing. Well, also like I do actually I'm gonna actually stand my ground on this one because I, I feel like actually like sometimes like nicotine stimulant is nice when you're using your brain. And if you're playing like a strategic game, smoking a cigarette, right? Kind of like pair as well. Yeah. Right? I mean, smoking is the only, if you're like in an illegal gambling den, like smoking <laughs> yourself is really your only way to like stay alive. That's not what I meant when so I said it, but smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I just rewatched Michael Clayton. Yeah. Illegal gambling den. I mean, and also if you're like in a tiny little den where there's smoke, you're already getting secondhand smoke, right? Yeah. So, so you, you might, might as well, well like, like, be doing it. Yeah. You want to do some damage while you're taking it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can't all be defense. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I do think so. They they list all the um, the zodiacs of the uh, like the the sort of the lunar calendar. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I do like that. This is still of an era where instead of saying rooster, it does just say cock. Yeah, <laughs> it just says cock on this page. Man, those are the days. Man, back in the cock era, <laughs> we just say it willy nilly, and there was no connotation. Do you, do well, older people just say still call them cocks? Is that do you, you're asking me? You, you're I asking me and all the know. old people you, I talk to yeah, yeah. about like if they in what they call roosters. I'm, this is the survey you're taking of me. I'm a bit yeah, older like than him, and I don't know. So yeah, I don't yeah. think I was asking the room. Although we should, re- <laughs> you gotta you gotta be one of those people who's in tech but also owns a ranch. What uh, does everyone know? Their lunar animal? Yeah, I'm a rat. You're a rat. I'm a pig. 84. You're a pig? I don't know. What I, do, you know what, do you know what May is? No, it'd be, it's year you're it's born. It's year you're born. Oh, shit. 1995? Uh, you would also be a pig. Hey, pig man. All right. Pig, pig city. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. What's in the trough? It's Sonic Blast, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, one of those... 16-bit beat-em-ups in the vein of a final fight or that Ninja Turtles game that just came out. Sonic Blastman is a like a superhero guy. I don't know. He has powers. Yeah. Uh, this game's all right. I played it. <laughs> the fact that I don't feel like that I'm not interested in this, that I cannot imagine how uninterested George is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was more thrown. I hadn't turned the page yet, and you said Sonic Blastman, and I was like, oh, it's a Sonic game. <laughs> nope. Uh, which I guess is ostensibly like thinking Rocky Horror Picture Show is a Rocky movie. Yeah. He's blue though. Yeah, this actually in that context, this might have been an attempt to uh, be like, well, we have Sonic too. Sonic Blast Man. I, I do wonder if they get asked for Sonic and got Sonic Blast Man. That's something an an aunt or a grandma would yeah, do. Yeah, right? like someone who someone who calls roosters cocks would do. 
Okay. Uh, I keep on getting kind of the, I'm getting the harder titles to say. Uh, uh, Funox? Equinox? Equinox? Oh, Equinox. Okay. It's, it's a bad E. Oh. I also read it as Funox too. Yeah. And then I, I oh, had I, these context clues. I only knew this one because I was around when this game came out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the, the font's a little crazy. All right. Well, yeah. I also don't really have much on this one. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's an isometric action puzzle game thing. I don't know. Played it a couple of times. It's fine. It's like, got to get keys, open doors. And because it's isometric, up is actually up and to the right, and down is, you know, like, you yeah. got to kind of think about the controller at an angle. All right. Well, hey. Uh, to your point about, like, it, you know, you were like, oh, I'm uninterested in Sonic Blast Man. This I'm uninterested in. I yeah. really have no grasp oh, e- of Equinox? Like, yeah. Equinox <laughs> no. is not scratching itch. There's like barely a character I can hook on to. Sometimes these features, you see them and it's like, yeah, that kind of feels like what the game is. But this one, having played it, I mean, years ago, I need to fire it up again to see what it's like. It is, this doesn't, it's not even, you can't get the game from it. Yep. Well, you were just saying you were Delta hard one. Okay. So this is, this section is called the sports scene. and. To provide some context to this, in the past, Nintendo Power has lumped together, let's say, three football games at a time in a very confusing way, or three baseball games at a time in a very confusing way, and talked about them all at once in a way that it's you, you just aren't sure which game is which by the end of it. This is one, two, three, four, five... Let's see. I count six, seven, eight, nine sports here in like thirty games. Yeah, <laughs> and it's lit. It is done up like a fake newspaper. Which I, I think it's fun. It's I it is amazing. I think it's fun. I think whoever whoever doing the maybe like want. I'm like, damn, I should get a job in copyright. Yeah, th- this is. <laughs> I, mean, I want the job. Uh, this it, is what you do with kids who like sports games. Like, You'd be like, hey, there's going to be a really fun party in this room over here. And they go into the room and the door locks behind them and they're stuck in there with all the sports kids. They, <laughs> That's yeah, what this is. I don't know. It's I'm charmed by it. It's like a fake newspaper. That's cool. Uh, was it, were either you New Year, like uh, a yearbook in high school? Like, did it, were any, have a, have a hand on the yearbook thing? I, I was not involved with yearbook, but we had them. <laughs> I, okay. I was the editor for a, like, illegal underground newspaper. We didn't get along <laughs> well with the actual one. Wait, what, really? Yeah, I inherited, in high school? Yeah, I inherited it from uh, this other guy who uh honestly was smarter and cleverer than i was yeah, but I, I had like mr smith smells um, <laughs> we got in trouble for some sexism i'll own that oh yeah uh, yeah but, but yeah. i also did you know i did the comic strip for it It was a, a comic strip that i was doing at the time and we also i think what's cool is the access like there was a web comic that i liked at the time and i got permission to put it into the magazine we are also the last publication to interview ken kesey Who's Ken Kesey? He wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh. Like, sometimes a great, like one of the great American novelists. This yeah, is in high school? Uh, yeah. The, what, electric litmus test? Or uh, the electric Kool-Aid acid test. That's what it is. What's, yep. What's that? Uh, that is a, it was Tom Wolfe was the author, right? Yeah, the but Ken Kesey's white... like on the bus. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's one of the, um, oh, what was the name of his group? So it, Oh, they're like the traveling salesmen. It's something like that. Yeah, so it's like 60s LSD counterculture people it's like a nonfiction book about them and that community and ken kesey's one of the people and he also wrote 
amazing novels, you know, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was his first book and oh. became like, you know, the Jack Nicholson movie and a play and is like famous for all that. Anyways, we interviewed him. It's not the best interview because we were idiots. He was very patient, but um, yeah, like, <laughs> and then all the English teachers were like, wait, what? That is, uh, so he's like, I'm sure he ended up making a decent amount of money because it like his stuff got put into movies. But yeah, I think that's the thing you don't think about, but like, a, like a lot of like, not like a lot. I love fantasy books and I, I don't know a lot of those writers probably don't make a crazy amount of money. So no. some, some of the more obscure ones, like I, I'll recent, listen to read interviews of like my favorite. And he's always like, yeah, please have people buy the books. He's probably not struggling. It's crazy to think about that. that like that's not Sanderson, right? Not, he's no, he's Sanderson, doing fine. Doing fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> Neil Stevenson is like middle class. Like the guy yeah, wrote well, like Snow Crash and Diamond Age and stuff. Like he's like, yeah, I do pretty well in like the Midwest. Yeah, like if you're if you're like top top tier novelist, you're like could be perceived at that you might be middle class. Which I mean, it's fine. Honestly, that's probably where all novelists should be. Right, you're fishing for that like a uh, rights option, like to sell, and then someone makes it into a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two, I have two memories of that Kesey interview. Uh, one of them was we ran out of stuff to ask him and one of us just said, seen any good movies lately, (laughs) (laughs) which he again, patiently answered. But the other one was uh, talking about (laughs) acid test. Uh, One of the other guys, the guy who set up the interview, um, when they were talking about Tom Wolf, they, they were like, yeah, I remember there was like an episode of the Simpsons where Tom Wolf shows up and he gets something on his white suit. He just peels it off and he has another one underneath and that cracked him up. I was like, that was okay. Well done. I don't know what any of this stuff means. Cause I'm like 16. <laughs> what was the name of the publication? The fashionable troglodyte. Uh, it is, and I'm, I am looking it up. Uh, you're not going to find it, but I'll send you that issue. If you want to read it. I, I am like really interested. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. That was definitely, uh, that was a get, I had very little to do with that aside from coordinating it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yes, any anything on these sports games? No. <laughs> Taking the Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, George, you, you find it. I I'm like going through. It is. It, I do. I agree with you. I like the pastiche of the. Uh, it's a newspaper, but it is so <laughs> dense, and you're you can't tell if it's trying to like. I don't want to read it in the same way that first like yeah. like and it's like I like sports, but this is like so dense with like information but it's it's not about anything like it's kind of it it like shoots this weird middle ground where it's like i even if i sat down to read this i would i would leave with no information yep it's all aesthetic there's no substance or depth to it i I felt that too i I was because i wanted to i liked the aesthetic so much i'm like i want to like this and i read one section i'm like well that was an absolute waste of my time yeah. I'm just going to breeze through the rest of this. There, there is one sport on here that I'm a huge fan of, and it is imaginary illegal underground fight tournaments. Because <laughs> uh, the very last page is for a game called Best of the Best, which is one of those stories where there's an underground global fight tournament called the Kumate, like the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Bloodsport, uh, which is supposedly nonfiction and based on the life of this guy who grew up in the valley named Frank Dukes, uh, <laughs> which is... It's like you may have heard examples of this where like for some reason in the martial arts world, there's just a lot of bullshittery, like just a massive amount of like, oh, yeah, I killed four guys. And then you look it up and it's like, no, he didn't kill any guys. <laughs> I, I know the five finger death punch. And then it's like, yeah, I learned this from a guy named such and such. And everyone's like, you got this certificate made at a place two blocks from your house. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about martial arts lately. 
and whether or not it is cool. <laughs> like I, I can't, but my, I go back and forth all the time of it's like, if someone told me they had a black belt, where would my respect to go for that person? And I, right now it's up, but then you bring up stuff like this and I'm like, ah, but I feel like it could go down. Too. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's um up, but I'd expect there's a good chance if once I get to know them, it'd go down pretty quickly. Yeah. There's. I mean, obviously there's physical prowess and there's like the part where you, you know, self-defense or like being able to fight. That's uh, like, it's, res- uh, it's respect earning, you know, like if somebody can beat me up, I'm like, okay, fair enough. It's like net. Yeah. I don't, I guess I, in my mind, I'm like, it depends on your utility of it because it's like, yeah, I think it's, it's helpful that people know how to defend themselves. And it's like, yeah, oh, this is a. This is a culture-based hobby, and it's like you grew up doing it, but then I also think there is like whatever it may be, like F45 junkies who are like, they do it like it's a hit class, and then, or like, uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I go back and forth, but I think about it almost every day. Well, I'm also curious, like, I don't really know much about it, but is it like, is it like set up where like someone like who looks unopposing could like fuck someone up because they like know how to do crazy moves yeah, i mean if you or, know jujitsu or aikido or something that's that that's like arm bars and locks and stuff and it's not about biggest and strongest i think uh and i the only martial art i ever did was when i was in like second grade i i or like for a couple of years i did yeah. taekwondo it's not like i retained any of that information but i uh i do think like oh i could like spar with someone right now or if like if i were being mugged i think there's something innate in me that it's like no i think i know what to like how i could beat them up (laughs) you still feel like subconsciously you've you've got the skill still yeah not even from like the taekwondo classes (laughs) specifically it's just just confidence yeah i think i've like seen enough movies (laughs) i think i'm stronger than like a gun (laughs) you think you'd be able to like knock it out of the hand right like right away yeah, I in my mind, I'm like, guns point at me. I disarm them. I go for the gut. Like, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I can't totally picture my strategy. I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't don't, don't spoil that. it. Keep yeah. it to yourself. Um, we, we all have these techniques saved. We should keep them. But I do think like, yeah, I, I think something would like snap in me and my animal brain. And I think I'd be like, I, I would blink and I'd be like, who did I become? <laughs> Yeah, I, I wish I was like that. I don't think I do very well. I always, <laughs> I, always, I always picture myself just running full speed at them, and something happens, like I headbutt them or something. But I don't know. I feel like I just ran up running at them, and they would like just punch me, and I would fall. <laughs> I I just remembered one move from martial arts. I was like, well, I hope this one's useful because it's the one I'm going to keep. And you're you're going to keep it to yourself? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a jujitsu choke. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, I I feel like I'd be pretty good at running away. Because I, I, I was a hurdler, so I feel like there would be like a cool <laughs> move where like there's an obstacle and I hurdle over it we and I get out of there quicker. <laughs> I actually want to change my answer now so that your fight, Brett, your flight, and I can be freeze. So it's like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my my response to like getting mugged is I'm just going to be real still and like maybe they'll just like go into my coat pocket and they take just, my like, wallet. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've got literally no thoughts on anything. Firepower 2000. You can be a tank. You can be a helicopter. Skip, 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 skip. Classified information. Skip. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm playing a lot of catch up. (laughs) Counselor's Quarter.
Uh, yeah, if you just flip to there, eventually uh, there's a Mario comic book. Okay, okay. What is ca- Counselor's Corner where they have the experts tell yeah. you how to beat this part? Yeah. yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, no, I just remember the last episode I was on. It was laid out differently. Yeah, they've they've kind of revamped the whole magazine. So. The the portraits have gotten real good. It's, they got those cool bomber jackets. Everyone looks good in nineties, like the nineteen nineties. Yeah, it's nice. There's only one mullet. It's pretty low, actually. All right, we're here at the the Mario comic. There's one more secret issue so the mario comic the serialized one wrapped up last issue but i saw this and i was immediately reminded of reading this when i was little but there was one more that introduces wario and mario is a psychopath (laughs) yeah this one's a bit of an encore uh it's a final mario one they like give give a bonus one and i I, i'm I'm happy for more i love these comics i think they're so fun uh is it charlie nozawa is the artist that does these i don't know who makes it but yeah no it's uh it's We've we've covered it twelve times. <laughs> I don't know who makes it. I don't know who makes it. I, I do want to find out what else they make because I really do like it. So it's I don't know. Right now, right away, it starts with like Wario sending Mario a little like invite to hang out. It's l- literally like the card at the beginning of Mario sixty four that Peach sends. It's like, hey, I made a cake. You want to come eat this cake with me? Yeah. And then it's like Mario remembering. Apparently, they used to be buddies. Mario and Wario have like a a, a rich past. And it's like uh, it's like all these memories that Mario has of them like being buddies. Like, yeah, like, picking turn. It was twenty years ago, so they would have been like seven or eight. They're grabbing coins. They're playing cowboys. Because and- as we discussed the last time you're on, George Mario's twenty eight. Uh, I think about I I think about that all the time. Like I thought, is he twenty eight or twenty seven? Uh, I'll, I'll look it up to be sure. Maybe he was 27 when you're on last and now he's 20. Oh, so he does age linearly. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like he's perpetually. That makes me feel a lot better. If- I just turned 27, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm the same age as Mario. Twenty. This pisses me off. He's 24 the, to 25. The internet says he's 24 to 25. Do, do you feel old. like you should be younger than Mario? Is that is that what you're is that what you're feeling? Yeah, I feel like Mario should be like in his 30s. But I guess like it's not like Mario went to college. Like he probably went to trade school to be a plumber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're you're just saying accomplishment wise. Like you feel well, yeah. Like, like he's he, has, he has the accomplishments of a 35 year old, but he's 25. Yeah. He, he's sometimes a doctor. Yeah. He's a doctor. <laughs> he's good at driving. Uh, you know. I read a thing. Uh, I think I just saw this on Twitter that in Doctor Mario, Doctor Mario is the reason he's dealing. With, like he released the disease. Wait, he caused it? Yeah, he. I think that's the canon, and it like says it. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like Doctor Mario released this disease, and now he's like, ah, oh, I got to clean up my mess. <laughs> uh, so it was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, no, I I do think it was like an I Am Legend situation where he's like, here's the cure, and it's like the cure was bad. Oh, because he's okay. working too hard. And then he's making a new yeah. Cure. Okay, that's what you get when you're a plumber. And so a yeah, maybe he's not great at all these jobs then. If you, if you think about it, that's what happens when you spread yourself too thin. It's too thin. I He's think that's the, Jack of all trades, masters master of none. Well, right. I think this comic, which is honestly so, kind of a Mario. He's like boring every man, right? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I I think there's. I think we see exactly what George is just describing in this comic because Mario has these very rosy memories of yeah. playing with Wario. I mean, this is a very different Mario, and this is a very different comic. Yeah. So, like, we go, we have all these memories of Mario, and then Wario. We, we we go to Wario, who's like in his evil Wario castle, and he has quite different memories of those of those things. Yeah, it's basically like, I mean, the example here is their Super Mario Brothers two style. They're picking some turnips, but he left 
the row of piranha plants for Wario to pick, and he got bit a lot in the tradition of this comic. And, you know, there's like tears shooting out of his eyes as his little butt gets chomped by a monster. Whoever the artist is does great. Uh, butt chomps. They're literally they're super <laughs> Char- funny. It's Charlie every Nosawa. time. Yeah. Uh, every single one has one good butt chomp, and it's, it's always a laugh. I, I think knowing that like they do really good butt chomps, there is like there's like an, uh, an underlying like horniness to this of like I don't know this this little pig pig guy uh, threatening uh, Mario by saying I'm in the mood to clean your pipes. <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, that's uh, we're getting we're getting a little ahead of that. <laughs> I agree that it like it's uh, it seems like he's just like threatening to just shove his nose in his ass. Is is like what? Right. Well, I don't know. I think that this. Uh, this artist, I think, eats ass. <laughs> well, let, let's get to let, let's connect the dots here. So uh, I, I do want to say I actually do think uh, I liked this joke that they did. Uh, they go through Mario's and like Wario's remembering all these memories Mario had, and they're different. It's just like he's going on these adventures and getting hurt. But then the real thing he zeroes in on is that they would play cowboys, and Mario always got to be the cowboy, and he was always the bandit. Yep. Yeah, and that's, that's a, like that's, that's like, a real dick move, and they really zero in on that being like the thing he's pissed about. I'm like, that was I like that. That was funny, fun little misdirect. And the, for the last the thing. one time he got to be the sheriff, Mario just fucking laughed at him. God, Mario, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> but it's a, unclear what he made fun of him for. <laughs> no, it's just kind of been <laughs> pointing and laughing. Yeah, what? So, anyways, I, I would argue Wario's memories of being tortured as a child by this. F- frenemy is uh I, I think it's justified i think he's right to want to kill him or whatever what is okay mario's a plumber and yeah. adventurer but yeah. a plumber by trade uh what is wario's job uh wealth acquirer yeah uh he's like he's he's actually an entrepreneur in most of his games like, <laughs> right, Mario like all of his games it's it's about him making money so he's either a thief uh he's like you know like an indiana jones like treasure hunter kind of guy and now in the newer games yeah he's literally just an entrepreneur like his games are about him like opening businesses okay oh and that makes sense like small businesses to get the tax breaks i guess or the funding um oh so that makes sense like with wario where yes okay (laughs) so i guess yeah mario takes the invitation and then yeah like what you were saying there's like three sets of enemies that from I guess Super Mario Land 2 that try to mess him up. And the first one is like some kind of drill guy. What is this? Like a rat? I yeah, know. I actually am with you on the clean your pipes because I, I don't know how to take that in a way that's not weird. Like, I don't know what, like, it's weird to read that line. It's like, what is that? What's that monster like saying here? Yeah, so this guy says, is there, is there like a version of that that's not weird and sexual? Like, is there, well, I'm in the mood to clean your pipes. I, I think what he meant to say was clean your clock. Because that that is like I'll beat you up, and it doesn't really have an entendre, right? Uh, cleaning pipes has a very <laughs> and here to rearrange your insides. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me wishes like it is this pretty like banal comic, and then you get to this frame, and he's fully just like, "Well, I'm here to fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> so. He he charges Mario and then Mario pops his little cone nose off and then treats it like a party popper where you pull the string and it explodes a bunch of streamers at him and that like knocks him unconscious. And so this happens a couple of times, right? Where the bad guys try to jump Mario and then he kind of acts like they're not attacking him because then there's like these three pigs 
Well, they jump at him, then he sticks his fingers in the nose of the pig. And Which then is also kind of potentially... like a bowling ball and then knocks the other pig. Yeah, hey, away. bowling, good idea. So it's it's like, <laughs> is, is Mario dumb or is he actually a monster? Because he's so effortlessly stomping these guys, he won't even acknowledge that they're attacking him. Oh, like he's just, he's expecting the win. He's used to just crushing little dudes. It is yeah. a little like that. I don't know, like cartoon main character thing of like people talking about like, oh, Bugs Bunny is in theory like a psychopath. Yeah. And yeah. Does all those things. Well, they actually, I think nowadays, like uh, there's like actually like we're, Nintendo's like super constringent on like with newer games, like you're, uh, games now, Mario games are not allowed to personify the enemies as much as they used to. Oh. Like, interesting. Uh, Paper Mario, they used to like, you'd talk to an enemy and you'd like get to know them and they're like actually nice. You're not allowed to do that anymore. And there's, there's like, there's a lot more like rule. I think they're trying to like gear t- back on that a little bit and trying to like humanize that, which is probably, that's like proper, that's weird, but they're like trying to make sure that kids aren't feeling bad when Mario's just, I'm, I'm just surprised people. where they don't land then is it's like, <laughs> it's opposed to making the games narratively less interesting. You like, you just go further in like the more narrative direction. And at the end, they like the bad guy learns a lesson. Like it's an interesting debate. I, mean, I guess that's not what kids want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Mario Odyssey, you fight a fucking dragon and it's not like a cute dragon. It's like an actually scary dragon. Yeah. I, but it doesn't have, you're right. It doesn't have a personality. It's just a scary dragon. Um, but I think even if this, oh, I don't know, I was going to be like, even if the scary dragon had a personality, I'd want that thing dead. But it's so scary. <laughs> it's like, like scary spider dragon. rules. Yeah, I'm hearing it now. <laughs> I'm hearing how that's maybe a bad take. So there's one place with these villains where I think Mario goes too far. So there's a witch that shoots fireballs and then he uses the pot lids from her pots to walk across water or something like water shoots. Yeah, she like shoots them. Uh, I mean, it's this octopus. <laughs> Did you have something to say before that? Oh, no. Well, I was just like, again, I do think this comic, like, I follow the action pretty well for it being a comic book. And I was trying to think about, like, how they do that. Like, what is, um, what are they doing to make it more folly? Like, it's, why is it so easy to follow mm-hmm. for me? And, like, I, I I was just thinking, like, when I think of Batman and, like, there's all those, like, clanks and bops and stuff, I always just thought that was, like, what comic books did. But I actually think those sound effects actually help with following. The, like, I think they're, like, there's actually a function there that I didn't realize until now. Like whenever I see the, like there's very specific sound effects followed by very specific like wishes and stuff like that. And I never really thought about those as like, just that's how comic book conveys what's happening. Right. Does that make sense? Like so I, you're, I you're talking click, about like together that like onomatopoeia, <clears throat> like sound effects is punctuation. Yeah. I, I just, I like, I always knew that was like, Oh, that's what comic books did, but I never really thought about its function. And I do think nowadays or just reading this now, I did kind of realize that um, they actually, do things like that actually pop the comic to life to some degree. There's also like, there, would, there's some good you, uh, comic layout stuff here where each villain takes up about a page. Like if you want to get, it's a little inside baseball, but each one starts with Mario leaving the last thing slash approaching the first thing it's resolved at the top of the next page. And then he's leaving that one and going yeah. to the next one. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, you know, one, two, three, he gets through to the witch, he's on the water and then he gets to this octopus and it works the same as the last ones, but this one sticks out to me because I think he murders this octopus. Uh, 
So the octopus is attacking him. And then Mario is like, wait, no, what are you even doing here? This is fresh water. And the octopus is like, oh, yeah, actually, I have been feeling bad. And Mario's like, here's some salt. And has a bag of salt in his bag that he pours into the water. And he's like, thanks so much. And then he's like, oh, wait, that was sugar. <laughs> and speaking of sound effects, the octopus is just face down in the water. Yeah, the <laughs> and, down. and it and just then, says, Bob. And then uh, uh, Mario says, well, looks like it's time to hit the road. And he starts whistling <laughs> and walking away. Yeah, I think he's a psychopath. <laughs> like, I think Wario's justified. I think he did all of that on purpose. I agree. I agree. And I, I think the comic book knows that. I think they know that Mario's like this fucked up dude. Uh, uh, I, I, I will all, if someone accidentally kills someone, then just says, well, time to hit the road. And they just like walk the other way. That's always a laugh from me. It's just a whistly whoop, whoops. He gets to the castle. Wario's there. He's huge, but that's because he is uh, in, an inflatable suit. And Mario pulls the plug and he deflates so they're the same size again, which is not how Wario actually works. This is not canon. Wario is actually bigger yeah. than Mario. Yeah. Well, I mean, not that much bigger, but it's like twice as big. I yeah. don't know. It was like, uh, like horizontally. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's like four, yeah. four blocks instead of two. Right. Uh, yeah. Like two Marios standing next to each other. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, they they um Mario pulls the shit that he pulled with the ghost in the comic where he like kind of gives him a little pep talk. He's like, Me a bully, I would never do that. Oh man, let's play it like we used to, and then pulls the and then, yeah, it was all the cops trick. and robbers shit again. It was all a trick, and then he kind of bullies them. Uh and then it's fun because they have like the kind of like next time on, which you know, that's not gonna actually happen, but it's all it's all in kind of Warrior's point of view. Like the comics like kind of jump ship it's 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 like will wario uh ever get to beat the sheriff himself is he is he ever gonna get revenge like yeah I, this feels like it's the comic for the next in the next super mario land game when it's the first WarioWare game and he's the main character yeah i don't know this feels like the comic for that because he's definitely the protagonist here yeah like, it seemed like this like this was this delicate baton pass from mario to wario as the as the main as the main protagonist yeah because there's a lot of there's a lot of pathos for him um but even in his pep talk his pep talk is don't be such a wimp yeah. <laughs> wow what a dirtbag <laughs> yeah more just like bullying and submission but all right you guys want to take a break yeah. yeah, let's do it. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we, Here, we Here, we Here we go! Hey, it's me, Pimple, of the Battletoads. Hey, what are you doing in my front door, drunk? What's going on? Hey, you, what, do, you, do you have something to say? You, you listen to my radio show? Pop that pimple in the morning. K Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one where you. 1997's like, Southern California. Where you. Drive time of the year. Piss off guests. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a lot of fun back in the day. Back. <laughs> you, me, and the other listener. <laughs> listeners. Listeners. Me, me and the boys. Why, are, why is there glass shards all over the ground? Yeah, it's, I smashed my. <laughs> smashed my bottle of Thunderbird. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, well, yeah, what, are you, what are you trying to sell me? Uh, Battletoads are going on tour, but. Yeah, it's not important. Never mind. All right, let's get back to the guys. All right, we're back. Uh, 
All right, we're here at the Power Players Challenge. I don't want to talk about this much. The, historically, this is where people send in Polaroids and photographs of their high scores for their Nintendo tapes. They did add one thing to make this section more interesting. I don't know how much time we'd spend on it, but they added little challenges for games. I mean, that's the majority of it. Is, yeah, it's just like little achievements. It's like, hey, you could do this. Try to do this. It's like it's like what it, achievements it, are nowadays, but like just presented in, in, in like this magazine. Yeah. And no one really, you don't really get it if you do it. How no, no, one, no one really knows or cares. Yeah, because, I mean, you can take a picture with your, your parents' Polaroid camera and send it to Nintendo Power. How do you send a picture of how you beat a game in two hours? How would you send a picture of that? Like, would you take a picture when you start and then a picture when you end? Yeah, just a picture of the watch. with the <laughs> <laughs> Feels easy to forge. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I believe him. Yeah, I guess there's there is an honor system to this. <laughs> <laughs> we trust you. All right, uh, the incredible crash dummies. Finally, yeah. I, I mean, I actually I like the aesthetic of crash. Like, I don't know. I like old warehouses, and I like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing is an old warehouse, old warehouse. you know like uh, characters tied up to a chair in the corner and yeah. guys slapping them and this like 8-bit design scratches the itch for, <laughs> for you and an old I feel it's, the images they're showing are just the sides of buildings and then a road I don't know if this this is really like uh, warehouse vibes no. this is an arts district <laughs> yeah you might be right. I was looking more Skiing at the... down the side of a mountain. <laughs> what does that have to do with Crash Dummies? It really... Yeah, this doesn't seem like it has anything to do with Crash Dummies. Uh, but the, the the word Crash Dummies puts an image in my mind that I, I like. Did you guys uh, have... This This may have been well before your time, but did you have the action figures where if you hit them, you hit the target on their chest, their limbs pop off? I mean, I, I played like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It's kind of like that. They, they had a bunch of Crash Dummy action figures where it's like crushable cars and stuff and they just blow apart when they get hit. That yeah. feels like something where it was like, A, I'd probably put the pieces in my mouth or B, <laughs> like I would lose a piece and then never use it again. I mean, they, they were for ages like six and up. So you were you're saying no. after well, okay, age you know six, how like you would, there's a dialogue <laughs> of uh people who like like poly pocket clothes are like rubber and people love to chew on them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would be like like And they're that. tiny. They're tiny like and they like bitty. little they pop. Wait, wait, you, how do they pop? How, how old were you when you were still like chewing on toys? I don't know. Uh like probably too old. It's you're <laughs> making me seem like I, there's no age I could say where you're going to be like, that's okay. <laughs> and it's not like I was diarying about this. I was like, I was like, Oh my, one of my sisters left a thing. That looks like an awesome thing to put in my mouth. And you chew on it like gum. Were you, uh, were you chewing on pen caps in high school? Was not a chew on pen cap. It's weird. I, I wouldn't say I'm a person with like an oral fixation and I need to like gnaw on things. I don't, I'm not really a gum chewer, but I think there is like it's a texture thing. It's a texture. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like there's something sort of magical and kinetic about it. I'm trying to think of a normal thing to put in your mouth that is sort of uh, so equated. Like those Polly Pocket toys had such a satiny finish on some of the parts. There's something appealing about them. I get it. I've realized I've, I've got like a, not to chomp on necessarily. I've got like a, but, you know, I don't just chomp, in general. But I'll just put things to my lips sometimes when I'm not real. Like I, I won't realize it, but I'll just like have a spoon and just like put it to my lips. Is this like the smoking thing again, where it's like? 
if you're playing mahjong. <laughs> yeah, maybe, dude. Maybe I, I you get that I tingling. Smoking. Is it because you're like I don't know? Do your lips run hot? And there's something about the coolness. <laughs> like if you you said a spoon. <laughs> I was like, why would I do that? Why would I take a spoon and put it to my lips? And I was like, I guess if my lips were hot and there's a cold metal. Like I got in an argument with my roommate about like <laughs> leather furniture. And I'm like, I kind of like leather furniture because you know it's going to be cool. Yeah. Cool um, on the skin. Oh, so you're uh, very temperature based with your with your with your like sensations. sensations. Not in the poly pocket thing. If, if we're talking to temperature stuff, I would say, yeah, like I'm a person who runs cold. And so, like, I if I'm in a cold room, I like it's not great for I. My acupuncturist recently, um, <laughs> he said uh, I was. I asked him like, "Hey, can you put some needles in me that are like you know aid digestion or whatever?" Um, I just feel bloated, and he's like, "Well, uh, you know, you don't really have a problem with that, but what is? But I, you should know you're a spleen guy." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what?" Uh, and he's like, yeah, you carry a lot of your energy and stress in your spleen and the spleen is temperature sensitive. Do you like, huh. do you start with like a hot breakfast? I was like, no, I usually have like a couple protein bars and that carries me through to lunch. Uh, cause it's easier. And he's like, have a hot breakfast. And so when I, on the days I do have a hot breakfast, he's like, it is right. I, I do feel like better. Wow. Um, yeah. And so it's like heat releases stress to some degree or, um, like it's just sensitive to certain temperatures. So if I had too many hot breakfasts, it would be like, have a cold one. Like it just means I fluctuate. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. huh? Yeah. I run warm. Does that make me like a kidney guy? What is the, um, no, I don't think it, it immediately has to do with like what temperature you run at. It is. I think it's just like, like those are two separate details. Me being a spleen guy and me being a guy who runs cold. Oh, okay. 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 I, I guess I have like a, Mine is like, I just need to feel things. Like, I feel like a lot of times, like, I'll. I'll <laughs> I just need to feel things. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it comes from like a point. I don't know. The front man of an emo band. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it, for me, it's like this, like, light version of. Yeah, maybe, like, in this weird emo self harm. I don't know, but I'll, I'll oh, take, like, extra whoa. hot showers. I don't know. Like, there's, like, a level of, like, I really like super spicy foods. Like, I'm playing with this Pikachu thing right now, and I'm just, like, pressing. Oh, the sharpest part. The sharpest part of yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. Do you need reminders that you're alive? Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's what I'm doing. I'm just like, hey, still still here. There's a Tool song about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe I'm going to shut that off. And not look, look. You unplug from the podcast and you leave. <laughs> like, I, gotta, I have some questions. I'm, re- I'm really shocked how... Uh, personal and wellness based the conversation about crash dummies got <laughs> uh over here it's the game boy version of battleship it's it's battleship i don't know i can do this next one too uh game boy game called the humans uh all i'll say this is a they call it a puzzle game in the vein of lemmings but it's like little prehistoric cavemen uh dinosaurs and stuff so all right uh the main thing here the art reminds me of speaking of the early 90s like klasky supo and uh like rocco's modern life and stuff like nicktoons yeah i like the art you can also sacrifice people there's a <laughs> there's a panel of human sacrifice question mark it's like <laughs> question it's- yes no maybe I just read that and I thought it would have like a little more to say on human sacrifice and it, it's it's pretty dry. Yeah, it's like uh, if you need more sticks and stones, sacrifice. Your right. Dad. It's it's such a utility conversation about human <laughs> sacrifice that it's like 
Like it's not even charmed by its own absurdity. <laughs> no. Yep. I agree. Uh, all right. We're here. I know right, you want to take this one, bro. Oh. Uh, shit. What do I let, me, let me hit it first. Are you going to hit it first? All right. All right uh, oh. Punch it. Okay. All right. I'm in. Uh... <laughs> hey. All right. <laughs> we should just move. We should move on. So much fucking Mega Man in the middle of this magazine. <laughs> I do think it's funny how excited you got, but your excitement is all right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no real thought behind it. Uh, yeah, well, I've played all the Mega Mans for this magazine, so every time uh, we hit the Mega Man section, I get, I get, I get jazzed up. You get two this time, and there's a special we get, feature. We have so much Mega Man stuff. Uh, George, do you have any, any, uh, any? Anything with Mega Man? Like, do you know who this is? I I know who Mega do Man you know is. Mr. Man? <laughs> I I know like of the notion of Mega Man. I don't know any of the lore. I don't know what okay. his, his fucking deal is. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he gets powers by defeating his enemies. Yeah, it's like it's very like silly. Like there'll be like a character named Dust Man, and you kill Dust Man, and then you get his dust weapon, and now you, you know you can shoot dust out of your gun, which yeah. makes you more effective at killing. Uh, I don't know what would Dust uh, Dust Man's thing be effective against. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah man. Man. that is kind of how it works. It's like that weird. Okay, it, so it's like Kirby. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 a little bit like Kirby. Why hasn't like that feels fun? I uh, <laughs> why, why hasn't? Okay, okay. I'm listening. All right, all right. Um, why why hasn't Mega Man like? I, I imagine there was like a cartoon or stuff, but what what has prevented him from blowing into the mainstream a little more? He's, I, he's pretty popular. I think, he's not Kirby. I think it was one of those games where he, uh, the 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 switch to 3D was tough. Why is that? That feels like the switch to 3D would be very. He's just a guy. <laughs> I mean, like we were talking yeah. about Kirby. Kirby only recently effectively switched to 3D with like Forgotten World. Yeah, it, it's for certain games. It just took a while uh i wonder if it's just even the people who made it just didn't know just they just didn't make the jump like things changed and they just didn't survive the team behind it just didn't survive the Mega change Man, of landscape Mega Man's a 2d thing uh, it's like castlevania it just works better in 2d that's I, my opinion i guess like we switched to 3d maybe 20 years ago at this <laughs> juncture like yeah i you could some it's no one's taken another really good swing. No, they have. They've, every they did the Legends they've games. It, they've tried multiple yeah. times and it's always sucked. Why does it? Is it the the 3D design? Like what? Why do you think it's? Uh, well, I may, I would say maybe a little bit of like uh, back in the day, like how games would go. There were very much like levels. Like you'd go from left to right, and they were very like kind of really tight here to here to here. And I feel like it's only till recently where I've seen like Mario or the new Kirby game came out where they're figuring out how to like do those like really centralized, like you're on a path level in 3d and have it be fun. Yeah. Cause the Kirby game, you have a bunch of movement, but you're in kind of a tunnel. Yeah. So a lot, like uh, there are games like that are, that are 3d that are kind of that tunnel. You're on a path, but you don't really feel like it. I don't know. I'm guessing there's so much, I mean, I'm not a game developer, but I'm guessing there's so much to it and nuance and thought behind it. Because, like, that's the thing people say. If they play a game that's 3D, but it feels linear, that's always, like, a problem. Why do you think Mega Man has to be in 3D for him to be modern or popular? Uh, I It doesn't necessarily have to be 3D. I'm just surprised why he isn't pop, like, why... Why isn't there a Mega Man movie in the way that there's like a Sonic movie franchise or like? I, I mean, I get that. Like, oh, I see. I, you. Yeah, he's not that big. I, I I wish that was the case because like I really I I've been replaying them for this like uh, podcast, but they're it's really charming. Like you, uh, you could argue that the Astro Boy, Boy movie came out a couple years ago is effectively Mega Man. Uh, 
What, but Astro Boy is like, he's a robot boy. He's like, it's a little, yeah. it's almost like, uh, Mega Man is kind of a robot boy. He's a robot boy. What's his lore? Like what's, what's the story? Uh, it's like, so it's like a robot world. Everyone's, there's all these robots and every person's like, peace, peacefully with humans. It's like blank man. It's always, or now woman, they, they've, 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 uh, broadened their horizons a little bit, but, uh, at, at this time it's all men. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like dystopia. <laughs> Uh, and like Mega Man was created by this like scientist guy, but a lot of the robots have gotten evil and he's like the rogue robot who's good. Who's fighting all the evil robots. Got it. It, It's interesting when you're sort of a one man revolution that it's like (laughs) you, if everybody else seems cool with it and you're the only awoken one, like the matrix only works because there's a couple matrix guys who are like, Hey, this is bad. Um, the what is in Mega Man? His name is Mega. Is it? Yeah, and they call him that. Well, yeah. There's like this Rock weird Man. Rock Man. That's yeah. his name in Japanese. So he's just Mega. He's just Mega. He, he's like the Avengers, though. He fights for the status quo. Okay. Mega Man does. It's it's Doctor Wily and his robots that are the authoritarian revolutionaries. Yeah. So he's fighting for the humans. I think. He's, Got he's it. the okay. robot fighting for the humans. He's, fi- he's fighting for the. I was about to say status quo again. All right. What? Who are his friends? Uh, he has a robot dog companion named Rush, uh, who you can like use for different. You can like use him as like a jetpack. You can like turn into a jetpack. Okay. Use him. There's Roll. Uh, it's like the me- Mega Girl kind of. Her name is Roll. And there's Doctor Light, who is like this bearded scientist guy. Good scientist. Doctor uh, Wily is the evil scientist. In the newer games, there's Zero, who's like a red Mega Man, but he's got a lightsaber. Yeah, he he's fucking awesome. He's super cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, this feels like doable. <laughs> this feels easy and sort of handed to you on a platter. I, I, I know, and it's like I, uh, if we could brush past the Game Boy game, they had this big contest where they asked kids to send their like pitches for different bosses, and that Capcom might include them in the next game. Yeah, because in Japan they did this contest. And it turns out, so, yeah, so it's, th- this feature has three parts. It's Mega Man 3 for the Game Boy, this thing, and then Mega Man 5 for the NES is next. All the robots in Mega Man 5 are based on that Japanese contest. All of the me- robots in every Mega Man. So apparently from Mega Man 2 forward, every so they have like a selection of these robot people. They did it the whole every time? Every single one has always, so this game, like these big bosses have always been generated by an audience. Oh, oh that's so cool. That's really cool. That I did not know. Uh, in fact, when I was beating these games at the end, there's like this credits where they show each character and they put a name under it. And I was super fucking confused. I was like, are they like grabbing all the executives and like personality matching them to, uh, so it's like the kid or whoever. So at the end of, I did not until today realize this when I read this, that, uh, each character yet is, um, was submitted by some kid. And that kid's name is in the credits at the very end as well. That's, That's cool. cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm looking at these drawings now, and I can't say there's a single bad idea. <laughs> I would say other than, uh, so someone did not understand the Blake Mann uh, 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 requirement, because there's uh-huh. one, so there's like B-Man, Smoke Man, Plasma Man, like all that Whip stuff. Man, someone made Clock Man, Weaselette. And Terror Teddy. Which is basically just uh, what's-her-face from League of Legends and her teddy bear. <laughs> Who is oh. that character name? Um, oh, she's one of the... Oh, the little girl, Annie or something. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. 
League uh, of Legends. But I, I so I kind of got I got super interested in that. And I started digging a little bit further. I do think a little bit of it is this kind of it's a little bit kind of a sad marketing thing. Like oh, so for example, for this one, uh, one of the American submissions get into got into Mega Man Six Windman, but Windman literally looks nothing like the final design. It's just named Windman, and the kids like got credit for it. They actually completely. The wind man in the game looks nothing like the drawing the kid made. And yeah, so, and so, what I read is it sounds like the developers pretty much had in mind what they wanted to do. And they were just kind of tagging these kids' names onto them. Yeah. Like it wasn't, I mean, at some point, th- this is one of those things it, where it's like. It, this wasn't creatively driven. I think it was like marketing driven. Yeah. It you, was just more to be like, oh, this kid got his name on this character who was going to kind of be who it, like they were just like, oh, we got a flame level and we already have this like flame guy designed. Oh, this kid said Flame Man? Okay, we'll just say he thought of this. Yeah, if, if you're getting hundreds of thousands of submissions, yeah. like they're talking about, both in Japan and in the U.S., like each of these contests get so many letters. So you, yeah, it's so like, it's, yeah, the, you have 20 Flame Men options to choose from, and you're like, I don't know, I guess this kid's postmarked the earliest. Yeah. Were they paid? The, ki- the kids? I'm yeah. going to say no. No. Maybe they, they would, got a copy of the game. Uh, they would get, I read that they got, they would get a gold copy of the game. Oh, that's cool. And then oh. their name would be in the credits. That's extremely cool. I'd take a gold copy of Mega Man for suggesting Flame Man. Uh, but I mean, at its, like, I, I, the idea that this whole series that's huge for the first six was just this really big community thing, which I, I even though it felt a little like kind of like an advertising scheme to some degree, I thought it was very neat. I am just noticing. So when I said before that I don't see a single bad idea, um, <laughs> I hadn't turned the page initially, so I am catching up on a lot of them. There are many that are called Blade Man or Blader Man, and then there is one that is fully just called Black Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what is... Mm, also above him is but, Slice Man, which is they, just Wolverine. Well, like, I, I, like, I, I think as a kid, you were, you were like sold like the Black Knight. Like you, you, There's that weird like white and black analog of like... The black is like always this like cool like rogue person, but it is weird that it has this other context to it as well. Like that's a kid being fully innocent, not knowing what that comes off as. Right. And I, and I guess I just um wouldn't publish it. <laughs> you, the beauty is you very don't have point. to publish very, these. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, it's weird that it got published. Uh, uh <laughs> if you if you're good on the uh guys, did you want to talk about Mega Man Five? Have yeah. You, have you played Mega Man or, 5? Uh, George, do you have anything else? Like any I other? had one last thing where I'm assuming this so in the contest, I'm assuming this is Dr. Wiley. He's in a little spaceship and he's saying, You're toast, mega dweeb. Yeah. <laughs> and part of me is like, he's looking at you, the reader. <laughs> <laughs> How many how many uh, kids do you think Doctor Wiley has killed? Because they they aren't robots with arm guns; like they're just going to get exploded. What do you mean? Yeah, like if Doctor Wiley was real, he could probably kill all of us. Oh yeah, because he's yeah. dangerous. He's, I mean, he's got future tech that I can't even imagine. I mean, you could say, <laughs> could you say the same about Elon Musk? <laughs> <laughs> Boom! I think you got him. I think that's. I think we. <laughs> You win this round. <laughs> Bring him down. Uh, what, what, what's did, your take on Mega Man 5, man? Or did you have something else you want to say? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Mega Man 5 is awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I've heard, a lot of, I, uh, I've heard a lot of podcasts talk about the game Shovel Knight. And oh, yeah. they've described that game as like... Great soundtrack. This is a game that feels like an old... It's like a game harkening back to the Nintendo era. But it feels 
and plays better than the era actually was. Oh yeah. Like if you were to go back, you're like, Oh my God, this is, I would actually playing Mega Man five. I'd push back on that. Playing Mega Man five just feels like Shovel Knight. It's, I do think at this point at the Nintendo, it's, they fucking figured out how to use the system to its like ultimate degree. Like it, yeah. it, it feels it's like it 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 feels it, at this point it feels night and day between the first game and this one just what they're able to do yeah like you're jumping between like trains it like it feels like you're going through like actual crazy action sequences and the hardware was not able to do that in the in the early days so it one of the robots is charge man he's just a guy with a choo choo train for a head <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great uh, and this one's a lot easier than the other ones that was I, also a thing I read yeah I beat. It in like one sitting, which was nice. It was <laughs> nice for my time. <laughs> so you're saying if I wanted to play some Mega Man and I didn't want to get obliterated, maybe start with five. Yeah, five was the easiest one I've played so far. Hmm. Okay, cool. If you guys were a, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. I was going to say, if you guys were a man, uh, <laughs> like one of yeah, these robots, what would your, what would your man be <laughs> of of these eight or of, I, well you can choose of the eight or you can choose you'd be like who would i be yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a great mm, hmm what would i um, be i feel like i would be like yeah i'm trying to think what, what is my essence i mean i feel like to some degree like i've got a lot of energy okay right so, so light bulb man okay <laughs> all right Bulb, bulb man. I'll be bulb. I feel like it's the name. <laughs> I'll be bulb. I've, I'll be bulb man. I did some cooking yesterday and I made like a bolognese, like just, and I have a saucier, which is like the high sided pan. Mm-hmm. So I think sauce man is what I choose if I had to choose right now. Sauce man. All right. What do you, what about you? What about you? I think I would be, I think it'd be like nice man. <laughs> <laughs> but like problematic, I guess. Like it's like, the you would nice man asterisk it's complicated it's complicated like if i got sucked up like he would it, it would sort of be a lot of like gaslighting would be like his problem oh, dude so your your boss level would be like when the lights are on you actually heal mega man but when the lights turn off you attack him oh yeah so there's like a night oh. night and day thing with the with the boss room yeah and you don't yeah you think i'm on on i've been hurting him the whole time <laughs> little did he know parasite man <laughs> yeah you, he, you hide underneath the boss room level and then come out when Mega Man's asleep to take his stuff yeah what I'm trying, what would my worst man be like what, what's if I, Wor- worst man yeah what's the worst what's the worst man <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> why did they skip Mega Man 4 Oh, oh no! Three is that's on the that's Mega Man three for the Game Boy. Got it. Is, so just different. I got yeah. It. I'm following. Yeah, they each count up on their own. I think they go up to six on the Game Boy. So both series have six games. Yep, that's crazy. I mean, they definitely milked this as much as they could. Hey, I love them. I, I you know, I I could do I could do more, but let's uh, end my Mega Man section. There we go. <laughs> we made it. Do you want to talk about RC Pro-Am too? Because you also like RC Pro-Am, if I remember right. Um, no, I don't really want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. I, I, love, I, I, don't, I don't really want to talk about it right now. Yeah. Okay, next. Uh, we're in these NES games. and it, Yeah, there, there's a Jetsons game. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so we're, we're at Nestor's Adventures. Uh, so yeah, you were familiar, you were mentioning this earlier, the, the Howard and Nestor, like those things. For, this is like the newer version of that. Yeah, it's all, they've it's made him page. a grown-up. Yeah, he's like a full grown-up, and the other guy, Howard, who was a real person, is gone. So he's no longer a part of the comic. Right, even, I remember the the one we looked at, uh, Howard, was gone. Uh, oh, was he? Yeah. Okay, so when you guessed it, it was already Nestor's Adventures. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm post Howard. Oh, you're post Howard. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that's good. It's it's although Nestor's Adventures are pretty I, I think the last five Nestor's Adventures has been him just like crashing an air vehicle and saying, Well Yeah, this one is yeah. like war centric. Like this one is vi- <laughs> it's like those you know how Calvin and Hobbes sometimes they would have ones that were like Whoa, the art is crazy. Like Bill like Watterson, the, the science off. fiction ones. Or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. this one, kind I mean, it, it like, I, really did it. This is a, I mean, this is a riff on a Gulf War helicopter shooter game called Desert Strike. Uh, they did a couple of them as electronic arts game. So yeah, they're, they're doing that. And the art's actually good. I, that, that was a thought I had reading oh, it. You like it? Um, I think the art is decent. The problem is the rest of it. <laughs> Because th- this is still, they've done this format for a few issues now, and it's just Nestor kind of doing stuff in the video game with Rye commentary, and it's it's just not, I don't like it. And it makes me, as opposed to the early issues where I was like upset but confused, now I'm just kind of bored. Yeah. And that's really the primary crime here, as it has been. Yeah. You guys like helicopters? Like, do you feel like helicopters are like cool? <laughs> One one time, my grandma. <laughs> you host this show. Like you should be better at like prompting conversation. Seen any good movies? Uh, I, I do have a helicopter story. Uh, my grandma uh, befriended some like army uh, helicopter pilot, and me and my cousin got to go like sit in his Apache helicopter at this military base when we were like ten. And they hooked up the helmet because there's like a a machine gun on the front that tracks the helmet. So you plug the helmet in, you turn and the machine gun turns. Oh yeah. Oh. That, that was pretty wild. Not badass. That's like, you could do some, my first thought was like, you do some really cool ventriloquism with that. <laughs> You'd make the machine gun talk. I would make, yeah. yeah I, like you, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have the bit planned out yet, but it would be something, uh, where someone from afar would be like, oh, machine gun. And then, uh-huh. yeah, like that would be the TikTok I would make if I had <laughs> access to that technology. <laughs> be better in this comic, that's for sure. That, that would suck to like put thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars into that TikTok video and have it get like 200 views. <laughs> that's how I feel about every TikTok I make. And a lot of them are no money. It's like, I certainly put in time. <laughs> <laughs> Will you put a lot of effort into a TikTok? Yeah into a tiktok video uh it's no uh, uh well i guess the editing time but i have fun doing that it's, okay. i'm not like a hard tiktoker i probably put out a tiktok once a month and if that <laughs> yeah it's not very much yeah i'm not i wouldn't call myself by any stretch an influencer or good at social media my favorite flavor of tiktok video right now is uh, a famous influencer doing a musical about how they're sad when they work hard on a TikTok, nobody watches it, but when they do a shitty one, everyone watches it and it goes viral. Yeah. I've seen more than one of those. I feel like I see it's poison. The it's a family guy clip over someone playing like Temple Run or Subway Surfer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. this is this is poison. This is 
like poison for everybody involved. Can you describe that a little bit more? I'm not, sure. I'm not okay. Tracking. So uh, you have the vertical screen of your phone and then you divide it in half across the horizon line. And the top half is a clip from Family Guy. Not even like a is really. It, cons- this is a duet, right? It's a duet kind <laughs> of, but not really. It's oh, not it's cred- one person. It is one video. video. Okay. It's fully just one video. Uh, the top half is just a random clip from family guy not even like the beginning or like this is the cold open it is like (laughs) this is just a three minute selection of family guy and then it is over someone playing subway surfer and it's you just see like the game screen happening that's that sounds awesome (laughs) honestly like you know back in the 90s when this magazine came out i think people were nostalgic for like a decade where it was like yeah in the 90s where there was some technology but we weren't all tragically online and now all i wish for is to go back to that two weeks of time when singing those sailing songs (laughs) (laughs) and just live that two weeks in a loop uh so mario paints back this is a bunch of basically it's like what this reminded me of is in the old days people that are far far older than us like gen xers would get magazines that have like basic programs printed in them so you type them into your commodore 64 or whatever this is like a bunch of stamp templates and music templates for mario paint so you can just plug all this stuff into mario paint and have like i don't know it's a street fighter scene here's a snowman stamp yeah, it's weird to like see a game that's like it's like being creative and stuff and then there's like so you get like all the all these stamps you can do, but as a kid you don't think of that as like a high level like thing you could take advantage of. And this game's kind of teaching you like, hey, no, these like little stamps you're gonna use to make pictures. You could like kind of like utilize that and make like bigger pictures by creating. It's, it's teaching you how to make assets for making a picture. Yeah, and, and I think that's actually teaching a kid something. You're you're literally rather than like as a kid, I would never have thought of these like stamps as like anything other than like ah oh, maybe I'll like make a smiley face I can stamp every but it, like you're building assets you're like setting yourself up to make a bigger thing. Yeah, th- these are teaching you how to do tile-based graphics for video games. Yeah. Because it's like, here's the blocks to make for Mario Brothers. So I feel like it's cool because like if a kid does this, he's inadvertently, he or she is inadvertently learning something. Like in the way that Minecraft teaches kids to code. Yes, totally. Absolutely. I, I think that's exactly what's happening here, which I think is is cool. Yeah, like this this music program that comes in Mario Paint is like a real music sequencer. Like it, it's a music, not a piano roll, but no... This is a piano roll, right? Well, piano rolls look, work like this. It's a it's a treble clef that you just stick icons on, and the icons are the different samples that the game plays. You know, yeah. like a little trumpet sample or a little baby cooing or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I remember using these. Like, I would make, like, the Zelda uh, tiles and stuff. They call them background stamps, but, you know, that's not what they are. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, you're just tricking kids into learning. <laughs> Teach them how to program games. <laughs> Get them up to Redmond. All right. It's January, which means they have like a best of the year thing. And thank God it's not the Nesters. It's just a top 10 list of like games by system that everybody liked. Yeah. RIP the Nesters. It's like just like a top 10 list. Honestly, this list of Super Nintendo games. Um, I don't know how well it holds up today, but like just taken as good Super Nintendo games, it's pretty strong. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm crazy. I'm, I'm blown away that Street Fighter 2 is bigger than Legend of Zelda. I, I would not have guessed that, but that's that's what they that's what they did. 
Dude, you that and Mortal Kombat, like those games in the nineties, like such a cultural huge thing. I don't know why I love top ten lists so much. I just can't They're easy to digest. I, that makes you human for what yeah, BuzzFeed. Yeah. The, the notion of a listicle. Because it, it ascends, you have stakes, it's a competition, it's a ranking. <laughs> so much going. Everything has a numerical value. I think it, it, totally it rewards sense. your knowledge of a thing if it's stuff you know. And yeah. it, it uh, rewards your opinion of a thing. Yeah, you're, you, you, you're involved because you're throwing your opinion in there. Right. It's why, like, I don't know, every, like, when Rolling Stone or Pitchfork is like, here are the 100 best bands of all time. It's like, it doesn't matter what it says because everyone will disagree forever and ever. And Pitchfork, I mean, that's kind of their brand. It's right. like to be contrarian and obnoxious. Yeah, have you guys ever, like, seen a top, do you think top lists ever have, like, given you not have you ever do you feel like it's anything other than like scratching this weird itch of like almost like watching porn to some degree I, or do you feel like it's <laughs> or do you feel I'd like i'd love it's to ever, see your reaction to a list of the top 10 porn <laughs> oh, don't, give, don't get me started <laughs> uh like <laughs> night rhythms Debbie yeah does i wonder if i've ever like i can't think of do you think you've ever like I wonder if there's an example of a top 10 list that's like the people put a lot of time into it and it's like really thoughtful and insightful. I mean, I would argue Pitchfork and Rolling Stone are good examples of that. Because like they, they would they, do that if you... Those fucking music nerds like will go in deep on their opinions about Doobie Brothers and Massive <laughs> Attack to the point that it's just like, I don't think I can hang with this crowd, but I guess I'll take the list and maybe see if there's something I want to check out on it. There was, I, I was in New York and... um I'm walking around Brooklyn with uh, two of my friends and this guy on the street like pulls us aside and he's like, hey, you guys mind if I pick your brain? I'm a journalist and I'm working on like a an article that's like the 100 best bands of all time. And we're like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, and you got to say Beatles are number one. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And then Whatever. they keep going. Right. And then one of my friends, point, she points out that it's like, uh, hey, you're only saying like white guys. Like you you haven't, like you haven't even gone beyond like not only are you not incorporating that many women but you haven't even like looked at other countries or like it's so hard and like insane to go out of your way to like just say bands you like and then he kept like disagreeing with us and it was like hmm. what was what, your what game? publication was this guy with he was being like really secretive about it he was just like a guy in brooklyn and it made it feel legit and we talked to him <laughs> Dude, for there's, there's, too long really there's no way it was rolling stone or pitchfork because i don't think either of them well rolling stone might go beatles for number one but i just feel like that's too easy right you you would do beatles for number two or three yes yeah, you put them in the top yeah. 10 somewhere and then you go with uh, Metallica, like, I don't know. Yeah, they would do like... Michael Jackson. If yeah, you're, probably, probably, oh, yeah. Probably Michael Jackson. Let, <laughs> let's let's say, yeah. My mind went to like Flaming Lips or Animal Collective. Okay, yes. <laughs> that, that's a pitchfork take. Blackalicious. <laughs> yeah, shit, I, I'm, I'm like so tuned out with music. Like, I don't know what those lists would even look like. I just figure, I, I, for me, it would just be like... Michael Jackson and the Beatles is like vying for one. What's the, so I like, uh, Mo Wax and, uh, DJ uncle. And one of my favorite pitchfork reviews is for one of uncle's later albums, which I'd always liked. It was, um, something the night, like the 2010, 2009 album that I listened to a lot when I was writing. And that the review starts off with what if James Lavelle made a good album and nobody noticed <laughs> because they trashed every single other album we'd put out. They all got like four and a halfs. It's like 
their metric is out the window. Like, <laughs> well, it's so arbitrary, but it's so confident, which I think is really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have they ever given a 10? I feel like the tens are the things they get the most heat from. What What do you see? Uh, nothing I've ever heard. Okay. The That's, first one uh, I recognize is Radiohead. Okay. Computer. Okay. Yeah. But that was on a 2017 reissue. Do yep. you agree with that being a 10? That's a great album that I feel like, like that and kid a or the Radiohead album. Yeah, yeah. Kid a, but that was also on a 2021 reissue. Yeah. So it's pitchfork correcting their mistakes. They probably <laughs> both got sixes when they came. Out. Right. It's like Wilco Yankee hotel Foxtrot is yeah. a, on a 2022 reissue. That's all right. Re- okay. The clash, a greatest hits album. Got a 10. <laughs> Um, that feels a, like them stumbling yeah. a, a pavement best of pavement. Okay. Yeah. They, that, that's a pitchfork thing. Yeah. They gave Kanye my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Uh, when it came t- out, when it came out, they gave it to him and then they gave, that's the one power is on, right? Oh, is it the red, it's the red one? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's a good album. Like 2011. Uh, yeah. 2010. And then they gave Fiona Apple fetch the bolt cutters. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then everything else is like an old Miles Davis record or like, <laughs> like Nina Simone in concert, uh, the Beatles uh, revolver or Sergeant Pepper. Like now we're, it's, it's such an insane gap between like the sixties and seventies and then, uh, then fetch the bull cutters. <laughs> There's this big write up. On the Super FX chip, which of course means that they're showing off Star Fox, which is 3D polygon graphics on Super Nintendo. Yeah, Weston, did this blow your mind when it came out? Was it cool? Star Fox is neat. I, you know, the main thing that I love the most about Star Fox is this is one of the first games that had a lot of speech in it um, in the opening yeah. and closing sequences. It wasn't like Star Fox 64 where the characters talk through the whole game, but also the music for the first Star Fox game rips like yeah. it's so good Shit. and it's not like star fox 64 in my opinion had vastly less good music like the game might have been more fun huh. and more detailed but like it's just that this has like some early 90s just rocking awesome stuff some orchestral star warsy stuff like it's great okay. yeah i gotta pop that in i've never like thought of this other than like a tech demo but so, so i guess there's more to offer this write-up is pretty long because they're talking about 3d graphics for people who have never heard of 3d graphics before. So it's very much like, no, if you take a polygon, it's like a triangle that you draw and you can do it at different angles and show shading and stuff. Um, there is a secret. It's cool. how It's it's worked. It's like little nodes and like lines. And it's like, if you're, yeah, if you're intrigued at the history of the super FX chip, this actually is a pretty interesting story because Nintendo did not develop this on their own. They found this small company called Argonaut in the UK. And uh, Dylan Cuthbert's one of the guys there who uh, was a designer. So these are a bunch of, you know, uh, English kids who grew up with Amigas and stuff and programmed Uh and like dropped out of school to make games and stuff. And they made, was it, uh, they they made a Game Boy game with 3D graphics that the the name escapes me right this second. And Nintendo was like, wait, how did you do that? And had them flown to Japan and they worked on the development of the Super FX chip. And uh, so it's a chip that's on the cartridge that you plug into the system that does 3D calculation, kind of like a GPU would. Damn, that's actually pretty cool. Um, it, it's really neat. There, there's plenty of write-ups and stuff about 
Argonaut and these guys and like the work they did and like how the super FX chip works and like modern ways of running the super FX chip better. So Star Fox runs it more than 12 frames a second, which is one of the problems uh, with Star Fox. Yeah. Um, but this article has a secret second use. I don't know if you caught up on this. In previous issues, sorry, George, I, there's a lot of like, yeah, we're very previously on our podcast, yeah. we talked about this. You say it, I, I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> so for a long time, they've very confidently been talking about a CD add-on for the Super Nintendo and how awesome CDs are. So it's like, here's the seventh guest. It has full motion video graphics. And all of a sudden in this article, alongside the look at how cool the Super FX chip thing is, they start talking a little differently about CDs. And in, oh, so the, yeah, this is the turn. Okay. Yeah. And this is like deep inside, you know, this is a direct propaganda feed from the company. But what has actually happened here is they were working with Sony on a CD add on for the Super Nintendo, like the Sega CD. And then at the last minute, in the middle of a trade show in front of like an audience, Nintendo announced that they were now working with Philips, uh, the electronics company, on a CD add on. And Sony didn't know about it until this press conference. So they really fucked them. And that's where we got the PlayStation from. Whoa. Sony yeah. made their own console using the tech that they'd been building with Nintendo. And so that really bit them in the ass as well. Cause like their CD thing ended up going downwards and then this, they kind of created their own worst enemy yeah. who ended up kind of, feeding them out in the next generation. Yeah. They ended up not doing the CD thing at all. Cause I, you know, you can kind of read about it in the article, but they're talking about the access times for CDs and how they don't actually hold that much space. And of course the Nintendo 64 is a cartridge system, you know, while everybody else was doing CDs with like video cutscenes and stuff. And, um, it's just, <laughs> it just was such a bad move on Nintendo's <laughs> part to partner with Philips. Why did they like, what was there? Was it just money? Um, that's a great question. I actually don't know what the reasoning was because what I was about to say was there's, there is apparently no upside for Nintendo at all in this because part of the deal with Philips for doing the CD add on is that Philips got to make Mario and Zelda, uh, video games for their console, the CDI, which is mentioned in this article. I think it's the first like console from another manufacturer that's even in the magazine and those games are famously some of the worst games ever made. And the cutscenes frequently go viral online. They're, you should absolutely look them up if you've never seen them. Like just the scariest nightmare fuel you've ever seen. So, I, yeah, I don't know what the reasoning was, but boy, it didn't work out for them. Yeah, it's hard to track. I mean, this is, it's weird because we're about to hit like a, like the, Nintendo's at the top of their game and we're about to see them go through like a long string of bad business decisions. Oh my God, and yeah. And like kind of, this is like the era where we're going to start seeing Nintendo drop the ball to some degree they uh get in a big fight with square enix and they lose like a huge developer that just switched yeah. it's like it's all just flowing towards playstation and eventually they kind of get the throne to some degree yeah and then sony does the same thing going from playstation 2 to 3 so i guess it's like when you're on top you can be an idiot and make bad choices yep <laughs> oh and there's also uh you to help celebrate the super fx chip there's a cutout paper craft r-wing you can make which hell yeah man fuck yeah I think I tried to build this, but I didn't have the motor skills to make it good. <laughs> I know I, I've got a present I got of like one of these things where you like have to like cut out little cardboards and glue them, and I'm I'm never gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got yeah we got this like behind the scenes thing where they like have 
uh, kids come in and play test video games. If they have a video game coming out, little kids will come in. And they'll play test that they, they like watch the kid through like a one way mirror. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a focus group. And like, like it's yeah, market test and stuff like that. I don't know. I think this stuff's interesting. I uh like they do the thing too where it's like the kids will like write down their feelings. I'm sure what they more like I think the more important part is just like observing and like seeing how they like react to their thing. Uh I don't like I, I don't know, I was thinking about it. Like whenever I make something like the idea of like getting to have people come into a room and just like watch them from a two way mirror mm-hmm. and like just intensely look at them and like see how they react. That sounds like the fucking best thing ever. Like, I don't know if that's like creepy. This is like a very creepy part of me, but I'm like, that sounds great. I would love to like make something and watch people react and just like sit there with a notepad and just like, all right, how do you feel here? How do you feel here? I don't know what part of me that is. And it feels, is that creepy? Is that a creepy part of me? No, I, I think like there is something uh almost like a validating of like oh here are people like experiencing and forced to have a critical thought about like the thing i've created yeah uh so like just through work i've had to do a bunch of test screenings and then years ago i i interned at nickelodeon where like i was in the research department so it was like we'd bring kids in and we'd show them things yeah and then like so you've see done how they react stuff. Yeah. yeah wow and it is uh tedious and long it is because i yeah. had the same thing of like it is fun to hear those things and it's like no people children are it's it's so difficult to get like what is the coherent response of what they're responding to because yeah. they, like they do to some extent feel trained to be like because they're paid and their parents are paid and they get like a free meal to just be like to like the thing like they, yeah. they mm-hmm. like the thing because it is the thing to look at they're associating the novelty of the experience so this right, isn't like this a, whole, like you're yeah. just trying to get a fucking like honest reaction to them exactly and then when it comes to like adults and test screenings it is like you guys don't know what you like like yeah yep. you you the valid thing is the bump is it's like oh i didn't enjoy this or i tuned out for this or here are things i didn't understand yeah but then like there there is this unconscious obligation to be like oh i like i have to like the thing or i have to have a pretend thought on it and like yeah they don't really yep. mean uh, yeah did you do it were you mainly doing the thing where you're like hearing their thoughts or were you doing any level of like the behind the mirror like kind of more like analyzing and like um does, so for does that difference makes sense right uh, I, so for the kids, it would be, there was no behind the mirror. Everyone yeah. was in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's actually good to hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It feels like the right way to do yeah. it. And then, uh, with the, um, with like the test screening stuff, it is like you are in the other room, like just listening for laughs. And then there's a Q and a portion after okay. that is like run by somebody else. Yeah. Um, do you, did you find that the, um, the listening for laughs behind the screen for adults, did that seem helpful at all? Or do you feel like even then it felt a little like convoluted? And it's like- helpful. I mean, the listening for laughs is just an example. When I was working on it, it was like dramas and stuff. So yeah, that's, yeah, it might be it's not, that yeah, there's no metric of like, uh, there's people don't make a sound when they're on the edge of their seat. <laughs> like, like, uh, seldom yeah. audible. There's yeah, you, you kind of pick up the stillness in the room when like s- people are really engaged, like in a show or watching a thing. Right. And it's like, you take away phones because you don't want anyone to like take a picture or like leak it as much as everybody signs an NDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, you can't, you could normally measure by like, well, what's a low TSOP score? Like who's playing on their phone. And, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, no, they, they just, they're also like, 
yeah, you watch it in a theater. Like it's, it's, there's so much biasing to it where it's like with kids, it's interesting. It would be interesting with video games because like it would, it would be both a, the the child's ability to like play the game and understand it and make it far, which like there is like a, a functional metric of how far you make in the game in the timeline of your experience. Yeah. Uh, and that is like it, that feels like a quite a literal, literal play test. test. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but for movies and TV, it, it's yeah, it's a so much less linear and like really exhausting. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of stories in games testing. Like the first company I heard of that was you know famously like we watched people play our game religiously was Valve with like the Half Life games. Yeah, and so those games have a reputation of being like just really really well designed because they iterated because they were paying attention to how just normal people played the game. Um, or I just watched a GDC talk on Subnautica as uh, another game where they did everything they could could to get really really good feedback but also just data-driven metrics yeah by where that people were going how they were building out their bases and stuff um but you're right yeah like in tv and stuff it feels so much harder to like game progress is such an easy thing to observe like are they getting the sword they need are they going to the right area well i mean that's the nice thing about i think comedy specifically is you do have a metric of laughing of laughing but right yeah Yeah. you you can hear that be like oh point point but even that's Weird. Yeah, yeah but it, does it not land because the edit to go into that scene was a second too short or is it because it's not funny <laughs> like right. it's, yeah, it's yeah, also yeah, it's yeah, sometimes yeah. It's like it's to... unfinished cuts too and it's oh like, yeah yeah it's like well, okay well there could be a laugh there or not the the data is always interesting in post or, or like when at nickelodeon let's say we, we never it, it was like let's say it was like spongebob or something and it'd yeah. be like who's your favorite spongebob character or like do you like this character and showing each character um and it's like obviously they all say SpongeBob, but like it, it would you would get <laughs> a situation where it's like, and who in the room likes Mr. Krabs? And it's like everybody raises their hand, but it's like, no, you, <laughs> no, you don't, <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it could be stressful. Uh, all right, I really get the tedium of it. Like just the you know, like if you're doing surveys, like market research, or if you're doing scientific you know, like any kind of scientific testing where it's like, we gotta, we gotta get 2000 people in to try out this new pill. It's really long. It is like, they would be four hour with the, it's like four hour sessions. And I, I got in trouble because I like fell asleep in the middle of one session. It was like (laughs) a big thing. I have a a big problem of like falling asleep at work. I had to like write letters of apology to like so many people. Oh my gosh. Oh, really? be like, yeah. Like is, is sort of a broad penance. Uh, like it, it felt like the way Nickelodeon runs their internship program, which is like summer camp and school. It I learned a ton. I'm saying this in a good way, but as a result, I was like called into HR as if it were the principal's office. <laughs> and so it was like that kind of vibe of they were like, you did this thing. Like, how are you going to make it better? And oh I my was gosh. Like, oh, oh wow. I, I, I didn't think of that. So like, yeah, I wrote everybody along like apology and like sat them down and like had like scheduled meetings to like, Hey, moving forward, I won't do this, et cetera. Um, how did that feel to do? Like, did it, were you like, I'm just kind of doing the homework I have to do or was it like, nice no, I, to- I was really learning from it. it it's yeah. not like I was proud about falling asleep. I liked the job. I liked working there yeah. as much as I'm like lamenting about how long and tedious it was. It, yeah. it was great. It's funny. I, so there was a period of time after I graduated school and I didn't have a job. So, and I was like, 
really into making these like micro docu series, and one of them, uh, which I've lost all the footage for, regrettably, and I think Andy Petruzzo holds resentment towards me because he's <laughs> featured in it. But it was uh, the the thing is like. I I joined Cutco to sell a knife and it was the doc was going to be called George sells a knife and I like I apply I do all the things cuz I didn't have a job and it was like a commentary on like what are these experiences like and it, I I had the the video of me like doing what is the interview for yeah. uh, Cutco and everybody gets a job at the end of the day uh but they like interview you two at a time and it's like me, like a whatever college educated jackass. And then a bunch of people who are like just finished high school and need a job. Or it's like people who like, yeah, just earnestly need this job a lot more than me, a jokester. And I go, I'm brought in with this, like with this woman and we're uh, interviewing uh, with this guy, Kuval Patel, who is like fully younger than me and like runs this whole system. Uh, and he's like Dicky. And he's like, what's the greatest hurdle you ever overcame, like, in a work environment? And I told the same thing I told you guys about, like, falling asleep uh, in these meetings. Mm-hmm. And then the the woman I brought in with was like, well, uh, my dream was to open up a dance school. Uh, but then my mother got sick. So I actually, all the money I'd saved up uh, went to taking care of her. And so now I need this job to, like, achieve my dream of opening up the dance school. And I was like... And I said I fell asleep at my in- <laughs> my media internship. Like, yeah, it doesn't have the same pizzazz, right? All right. So to wrap up the rest of this special section, um, there is a best of classified info. There is a bunch of secret stages from Super Mario Land two, and then we're here at the. Player's Pull Contest. Uh, so the Player's Pull Contest, you get to go to see a San Jose Sharks versus LA Kings game. You Northern, get to Northern California versus SoCal. Take a slap shot thing where you like go on, go on the rink and you do a slap. I, I feel like as a kid, this would give me more anxiety than joy, having to do a slap shot in front of a huge audience and fucking that up. I, I was at a Lakers game uh, on Friday and I watched a bunch of people do this and it is like, I was like, oh, I feel so bad for you. You really get <laughs> one shot uh, and then a photo. Yep. Um, it was funny. There was one guy who did it successfully and you're like, you just want a year's supply of goat fuel, which is a, an energy drink I've never heard of. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not for goats. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we're at the top 20. Uh, top games at uh, 20. All right. So uh, for the Super Super NES, we have at the third spot of Super Mario Kart. At number two, we get Legend of Zelda. Number one, again, I'm surprised. Street Fighter 2 is somehow... I'm not. I was there. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it, was, just, it was so crazy. I'm out of the loop. At Game Boy, we've got Metroid 2 at number three. We've got Super Mario Land at number two. Kirby Dream Land, which the underdog, uh, is number one. It's I, I think... They only, it was like in the... It was number eight for best of the year. Yeah, no, I feel like it's raising eyebrows because uh, I don't think Nintendo knew this was going to be a success, and I think we're going to see that happen. And then NES, we have number three, Legend of Zelda, number two, Tecmo Super Bowl, number one, Mario Bros. three. No big change there. Tecmo Super Bowl. Apparently, sports are big right now. There we go. <sighs> so, George and Rob are done. <laughs> yeah, that's we're, we're at the now playing, which uh, for the past year or so has been... Siskel and Ebert style commentary on the games that have come out. Now it is much more like there's just some pros and some cons for each game, unless the game is 
the magical quest during Mickey Mouse, in which case the con is it might be too easy. <laughs> Good for them. Uh, <laughs> I kind of, I don't know. We were so hard on those guys and I kind of missed the personality, but also <laughs> if it's anything like Howard Phillips leaving the magazine, I think George was probably ready to go. <laughs> I think he was done. I didn't notice that they were gone. Okay, great. <laughs> Uh, we got the pack watch here, and all I'll say about that is my scan of the magazine has some controller stickers that I'd forgotten about, uh, where you can put a little cool design on your Game Boy oh, or your yeah, Super that's Nintendo. Good that's good stuff. Good for them. All right. Well, I think we're... Look at us. Look at us. We, we shot through that like... We were running at full speed there. <laughs> Bring back so many memories of uh, book reports and other time-sensitive projects. <laughs> Uh, what should we rate? Normally rate something out of 10. I, you know, before we hopped on, we were, we were ranking our siblings. <laughs> oh, that's right. Ranking. I should guess. rank our siblings. But, uh, what's, we'll <laughs> expand, we'll say like tertiary family members. Uh, <laughs> like, I feel like, like this is still going to be a problem. What about rating the roles of siblings? Like, do you think it's best to be older, middle or youngest? Oh, uh, that's good. Well, do you, okay, here's the thing. I, and I'm just thinking about it. Uh, I, I was reading, I didn't know that Adam Duritz of the Counting Crows had so many, like he really pulled, like he dated so many people. What if instead of reviewing multiple things, we each, uh, give a review to our favorite pretentious piece of like culture or media, uh, coverage. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm following and like give it a pitchfork score. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I don't really read a lot of review stuff. I mean, honestly, most of that is like with gaming, honestly. Uh, I mean, you know, like there's I, I, Edge, I there's what Polygon. I, what I like is when a gaming place tries to go a little out of their lane and they like review like a comedy or something. And it's like some person who just reviewed 10 Batman comics then reviews South Park. And it's like <laughs> <laughs> reading that review is super funny. It's just it's like I don't, I don't think you're the right person to be doing it. It's like every every review they give like it'll be like, oh, give this South Park episode a two. And it's like, yeah, well, it's because it's not Batman and you love Batman. <laughs> you should just review Batman still. If I, I, I can go first. Like, I, I think, I think that, was my, that was mine. I don't, I don't know how else to answer but, this. So that's, is it, is that a specific outlet though? IGN. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> what, what's, what's IGN's Pitchfork score? Uh, with reviewing anything other than games, three out of 10. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I'm going to go with, I, I know we've talked a lot about Pitchfork, but I love Pitchfork because it's like hanging out with kids that I wouldn't normally hang out. And it's weird that I'm li sitting there listening to them because it's so abstract and it goes down wells that I just don't, I just don't know music like Pitchfork does. It'd be like going onto a movie review website that's only French cinema from the 50s and 60s. So I'm going to give them a 6.2. Hell yeah. That's their Pitchfork score. It's not bad. I don't know if it counts, but I would say letterboxed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I would give it, I would give it like a, a 7.5. <laughs> because it's like everybody from everywhere. Right. It's, it's, it's sort of an ultimate aggregate. And like some people, you, you can make what you want out of letterboxed. Uh, and I think pitchfork wouldn't give it a 10 but they couldn't help they would retroactively give it a 10 and then when it first came out they'd give it a three for the bad interface i'm kind of glad you went last because that's kind of the last that that's like the everything like it's 
you, cause you can get ironic, dumb reviews on Letterboxd. You can get honest reviews from people that don't watch anything on Letterboxd. And you can also get incredibly pretentious takes. Right. It's sort of beautiful. It's the perfect, it's the perfect site. I gotta get a Letterboxd. What am I doing? You got, it makes you watch more movies. I, I try to watch a hundred movies every year to log them on Letterboxd because I'm oh, like really? woefully underwatched. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, like I, you're catching up. Yeah. I've only achieved it one time and I've been doing this for three years now, four years. But honestly, when you miss it, it's not because you watched like 28 movies. It's because you watched like 70 or 80 or exactly. 90 yeah. yeah. Like, la- like 2022, I made it to 98 and like, I made it through halfway through Banshee's Adventure. You made it okay. to 98 and lot. I- I feel like you should have just watched two more movies. You were so I tried. Close. I tried to muscle through. And oh, like it, literally it was like, I had things to do. <laughs> it's it's a thing it. I try to do. It's not my priority. <laughs> George, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, where can people find you? Uh, well, on Letterboxd, you can find me <laughs> yes! at George G-E-O-R-G-E-S-S-A-B-A. Uh, you can follow my food Instagram where I announce pop-ups uh, and occasionally shows and i post stuff and it's fun uh and that's food f-o-o-d george saba my name how i spelled it before uh and you, i mentioned my tiktok you can follow my tiktok and that's george saba zero um, that's everything and you can also find him on a previous episode of our podcast because this is the second time you're on boom oh yeah it's sort of a continued canon <laughs> yeah it's uh it really helps to like have some context Now you're playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. It's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>